All right, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to episode seven of the I Gotta Ask podcast. My name is Daryl Oliveira, and my guest today on the show was Erica Petricola. Erica is a good friend of mine. She owns a company called Dolce Licious by Erica. Uh, it's a small business that does uh, catering and baking stuff. Uh, it is delicious stuff. She left me some samples uh, when she uh, when she left. It wasn't the first time I've tried her baking, and it definitely won't be the last. The stuff is delicious. Can't recommend it enough. Um, on the episode, we talked about uh, everything from how she got into baking, uh, starting with her uh, her family at a young age with her grandmother, teaching her how to bake, and then going into more her more formal training and, and also some jobs where she's worked over the years and picked up a bunch of baking experience and tips and industry, industry tricks uh, that she uses uh, to this day in supporting her business and her work. And she's just a great person. She's an absolute go-getter. I've wanted to have her on the show since, you know, years ago when I started this thing three years ago and then stopped. But I, I had her on a list of potential guests and then she actually reached out to me and asked to be on the show, which was incredible. Um, so, of course, I was ecstatic to have her here and um, we made it happen almost right away. Um, unfortunately, with the whole uh, global pandemic thing, it's kind of put a damper on everything. It's It's been tough for me to uh, get some guests lately. I wanted to get a bunch recorded ahead of time and put out, um, which is why I was excited that she wanted to jump on board and, and come right down and record an episode. But for right now, things are kind of in a holding pattern. I'm going to try and do some, some Skype stuff. Um, but, uh, like I said, Erica is, is an absolute, uh, grinder. She's always working and I was so happy to talk to her and we just had a really good time and I think you guys will have a good time listening. Uh, she's very, very easy to listen to. I've listened back to the episode now ahead of doing this intro and, uh, it was just a really fun conversation. I was, I was glad she, she wanted to do it. So without further ado, um, here's, uh, today's guest, Erica Petricola from Dolce Licious by Erica. Okay, now we're on. Third okay. time's a charm. Yes. <laughs> Let's try it again. So we were just talking uh, just off mic a minute ago about where you were coming from. You just had a meeting in Woodbridge. You drove all yeah. the way down Cambridge. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Yeah. Thank you for being here. It's nice to have a female guest for a change. I think you're the first female guest on the show. Good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is good. This is what my wife said. She's like, my wife Allison's like, oh, look at you. Like all like, uh, I forgot the word she used, but like having a, having a female on. I'm like, why would I not have a female on? I'm like, they just don't, I just don't have them on because I don't know anybody that wants to be on mic that's a female. But I appreciate it anyway. Thank you very much no for problem. being here. Um, so thanks for tuning in again, guys. We're here episode, uh, probably episode seven. This one's going to be of the I Got Asked podcast. Um, my guest today is Erica. How do you say your last name? Petricola? Yes. That was a hard pop. Did you hear that? Yes. I think did just that level. Um, Erica owns a business called... Dolce Licious? Yes, you okay. said it right. All right. Yeah, I always, <laughs> always wonder. I'm always going to ask about pronunciation because I can't. Yes. <laughs> I don't know for sure whether I'm saying it right or not. I've heard so many ways. Yeah. I'm like, no. Yeah. This is a baking business? Yes. Primarily? Yeah. Baking, catering. Catering? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You do those sweet stables, right? Yeah. Like weddings and all different things? Yeah. How did uh, How did you get into this? How did you get into baking? My grandmother. Yeah, I was, I was wondering that because I've seen some posts on Instagram of you with your grandmother. Yeah. So she kind of planted the seed when you were young then? Yeah, so we never went to camps or anything in the summertime. We had my grandparents watch us, We my dad's parents and yeah. my mom's parents. So my mom's mom would occupy us by baking. 
Nice. Let's bake some cupcakes. And that was my favorite chocolate chip cupcakes. Oh, yeah. So it was just one of those things where we just baked to kill time. Yeah. And then... <laughs> <laughs> it's a gr- that is a great way to kill time. Yeah, it's pretty not, much. It's not good for the waistline, but... Occupy the kids by baking <laughs> so then they can eat some sweets and jump off the walls. <laughs> so this was... Uh, so you grew up in Toronto then? You Vaughn. Tro- oh, Vaughn. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the Toronto area, right? GTA? Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I, mean, I The thing with Toronto for me is I never know what is what there. Like, is Vaughn considered... Toronto, quote no, unquote? No, York region. Okay. So it's actually like GTA, but it's not actually like Toronto. No, GTA is just greater Toronto area. Right. So it's just the part that's right above Toronto, which gotcha. is York region. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm, I'm always so confused about Toronto. Like I hardly spent any time there. I live so close and I'm never there. And it's just getting in and out. Like it's like I was asking you before how long it, uh, or where you're coming from. So I was going to get to how long it took you to get here. Because typically whenever I go to Toronto and back, it's like two hours to get there. But it's when you go. That's right. And that's always seems to be when I need to go in is like the rush hour time. Of course. You know, and instead of an hour 10, it takes me two hours. Like the one time we came down to your place. Yeah. It was, wasn't too bad, but I was with uh, our friends, Sean and Ryan, who know the area. Right. So they were able, like Ryan used to live down there. So he knew how to zip in and out. But I don't. So I just follow like the regular route. Yeah. And it always drives me nuts getting down there. And like, so that's why I hardly ever come to Toronto because <laughs> I hate driving into it. I know. If there was a direct train from Cambridge that just took me right in there, I would, I would be there a lot more. But to drive in, it just makes me nuts. It, it's very annoying. Downtown. That's why we had to move out. I was yeah. getting way too annoyed. It took me longer to get out of the city than it, the route should have taken me from A to B. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And ugh, that was the most frustrating part. Oh, I know. Especially at the point where we were living in Hyde Park and I was baking at my parents' place. Yeah, yeah. So I had to drive from Toronto oh. to my parents' place. Oh, so you leave your kitchen. place, go to Vaughn and yeah. bake there. Oh, wow. So it was taking too much time. Oh, yeah. So I stopped doing it for a short period of time because yeah. it was like, I'm just wasting time. Yeah. And yeah. What are you doing now? Do you bake in a commercial kitchen or are you still doing it at home or... My grandparents. Yeah. They have an extra basement in the yeah, extra yeah. kitchen in the basement. Yeah. I bake there and then there's a separate room where I can store all my stuff. Okay. Decorate, take photos. So yeah. I have a little prop station set up where I could take uniform background photos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Typical Europeans. They always have the extra. Two kitchens. Kitchen. Yeah. My grandparents never, never did, but they didn't really. I think they did in their first house way back when. They're Portuguese, but you're, you're yeah. I'm going to assume Italian. Yes. Yeah. So. They had one in their old place, but that was like years ago. And then, I don't know, for the last 25 years or so, they've had a, they've bought the house next to my parents' house. No extra kitchen. But I always thought it was weird because I'm like, Portuguese always have the extra kitchen. Well, where are you going to put your extra food? Yeah. Or where are you going to cook if you need a second (laughs) oven like they always do, right? But I think with my parents being in such close proximity, like if they need another oven or whatever, they're just right there, literally across the driveway. So, but yeah, it's so funny to hear that. Like you're, they're all the same. Like all the Europeans are. are the same. <laughs> and it's so funny. It's like comes such a full circle because that's the original spot of where yeah. I started to learn. Yeah. It's and still now the same house. Same yeah. Place? Oh wow. So it's like I'm now running a business out through that yeah. same kitchen. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. How did you come up with that name? Just, just brain, I wanted, kind of brainstorming. Yeah, I wanted something that was basically who I was: half Italian, yeah. half. English, right, Canadian. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to kind of get something to mesh together. Mm-hmm. Dolce in Italian is sweet. Yeah, yeah. Delicious. Yeah. S- 
that's, that's kind of what I figured. I just wasn't sure if there was any kind of meaning behind it or anything like that. But it's it is a cool name. Like definitely when I saw it, and I didn't know that it was you at first. I don't know how I came across it on Instagram. Probably because I follow a bunch of people that follow yeah. you, or were like are all, all about mutual friends, and just popped up. And then I kind of through just scrolling through your posts saw that you you were Matt's girlfriend. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's that's Erica. I get it now. But um, yeah. So let's. Uh, I want to talk about your training a little bit too. Do you? So I went to George Brown for okay. Pastry Chef. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. So I went there, and while I was in school, I worked at the ACC. When it was the ACC. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. yeah. So that's where I did my apprenticeship. Worked okay. there. For, like, for baking stuff? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they had that at uh, the ACC. So they, they bake all their own stuff in-house? Oh, yeah. There's a huge kitchen in the basement beside wow. the Platinum Lounge restaurant. Yeah. Huge kitchen. So they have their own butchery department, their own pastry department. Holy shit! Their own media catering. So it's like people just designated to cook for the media. Holy cow! Yeah, it's a huge, huge thing. I never would have guessed in a million years that they had like their own like pastry like kind of area like for like baking sweets. Like you'd think they would just get that from outside and bring it in. We got like croissants and danishes in because yeah. the time it takes to laminate yeah, a yeah, croissant yeah. is a long time. It's mm-hmm. a very time consuming thing. Oh, I bet. But we had to bake for the hot stove, Air Canada Club, Platinum Lounge. We baked for the Leafs, the Raptors, wow. their wives, their kids, the owners of MLSE, and the board of directors. Yeah. So we baked for all of them. Plus, my pastry chef had his own kiosk on like the main floor right so we had to bake stuff for the kiosk as well holy cow that's awesome i yeah that's so interesting to hear that stuff like you'd never know that exists unless you know somebody that works there like when i heard you worked at the acc i just pictured you uh making like food you know like like hot food items or working at the in the kitchen concession or like, stands, yeah, or like yeah. working on like a line or something like i knew you worked in the kitchen i knew they had some kind of a kitchen there but i had no idea it was that uh that yeah intricate or whatever that detail very intricate huh interesting and so there's Four people in the department plus the pastry chef. Okay. And in total, there's about four sous chefs. Yeah. And one chef in charge of all the restaurants. Right. And the catering kitchen. So you did an apprenticeship there with their pastry, pastry chef. Yeah. And and then, uh, sorry, so George Brown So was, I was how long? How long George Brown is a couple of years, three years. Really? I stopped going. Did you? Yeah. yeah. How long <laughs> would the program have been though? Two or three years. Holy cow. Yeah. That's a long time. It was part time because I was working and then after. Yeah. yeah. So once I basically got the theory of baking, which it was only a two course thing Mm -hmm. because I just wanted to know the science and what everything kind of does. Right. I knew how to bake. I just needed to know why things were happening. Mm hmm. So that's basically why I took the course mm-hmm. and I learned the theory behind why, what ingredients does what yeah. when you mix it with other things. And is that how you, through the course, is that also how you learned to decorate or was that all kind of no decorating? I learned way before I went to school. Really, I learned that off of YouTube, like all the fondant stuff yeah. and all that. My first stuff. cake was made from scratch. Everything, even the fondant. Holy cow. That's yeah. time consuming. Very time consuming. Yeah, because like Allison's made some stuff here in the past. She's wanted to try like to make, and it's like it takes forever. It does. And it's like you you put all this time into it and it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you bake something small or like a small cake or something, it's gone in no time. You know, it, that doesn't even bother me. Yeah. It's honestly just getting the reaction from the people yeah. that's like, oh yeah, okay. 
but you must like it too, right? Like you, I, I can't imagine you'd be into something like this that takes that much time and that much. Because see, what what always makes me crazy about, or not crazy, but uh, makes me. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is here. I'm sort of at a lost words, but something that really impresses me about that type of baking is how much patience it takes. I don't have it. Like, there's no possible way I could ever do that because I don't have the patience. But for that I don't little, have like, patience for things either. <laughs> <laughs> well, then how do you do this? Because there's no way like I could ever do that. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know. Like but again, I, it shows how much you you love it. Because I guess so. Because yeah. there's times when customers are like. They send me a picture and they're like, I want this cake, yeah. but I want the cake to look exactly like the picture. Right. So the whole time I'm making the cake, I'm cursing that person. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you're trying to get it as close as possible. Like this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can you really do? It's like yeah. you're never going to satisfy everybody 100%. Yeah. And but it, I, it I can know. never look exactly the same anyways. No, of course not. Because that's someone else's. It's cake. It's, it's icing and fondant but and it's everything else. it's someone else's work. Yeah. And well, that's it's true my too. work. Yeah. It's just totally, it will never be the no. same. And it'd be, it'd be stupid to even ask for that. Exactly. You know I mean? Like you're never going to get it a hundred percent. And you can't even explain it to them. So you're just cursing yeah. them the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Some of your designs have been insane. Like that, I, the one that always sticks in my head is that Jack Daniels one you did a couple of years oh, yeah. ago. That one was such a, like, it was so detailed. I'm like, man, I just don't know how she does. <laughs> That's because that person said, I wanted to look exactly like this. And I cursed them the whole time I did oh, that God. one too. It was an amazing piece of art though. I'll tell you that for sure. Thank and you. it's a shame to see like, that stuff get eaten i know that's what it, the purpose of it is but it just yeah. <laughs> it feels like it shouldn't be eaten it should be on display sometimes i feel like that but then when it leaves my house it's in one piece so yeah. i'm fine i don't see the end result right you know, <laughs> all chopped up and yeah. in people's bellies but that one it was fun i yeah. did jack daniel's pancake i think cake pancake. like the sponge was pancake i think wow. and then the middle was a maple jack daniel's buttercream like a maple syrup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With yeah, some Jack Daniels in it. Mm -hmm. Buttercream. So it was almost like you're eating pancakes with maple syrup so, flavored. But that's way different than a regular cake. So you had to like basically make pan a stack of pancakes pretty much. No, no, no. no? The pancake is just like a vanilla with like some maple syrup. And you just it. bake it like a regular cake? Yeah, you just add flavoring to a vanilla mm. cake and then... Hmm. It's I not real pancakes. It well, just seems like you're eating pancakes when it's a <laughs> vanilla with, yeah. with some syrup. Yeah. I'm just picturing when you say pancakes, I'm like, she must have had to bake some giant <laughs> pancakes to make no. this cake. <laughs> I don't. I burn pancakes. Oh, God. I love making pancakes, but I just, it's, again, it's like, it's not a, a long process or a, a involved process to make pancakes, but it just, I just don't have the patience for it. Like we only do it, we do it so few of our, it's such an easy thing. It's like egg and the batter and the milk. Yeah, but it's about burning it. Oh. You got to find the right temperature and then the right size for yep. the pan. Yeah. Make sure you don't put too much oil or butter. That I know that's the thing. Everything's fried in butter and it's like, if you're not careful, the butter burns in like two seconds. I'm not such, not a baker <laughs> or cook. I, Allison does all the other stuff and all I do is like the protein. I'll, I'll <laughs> cook it on the grill or whatever. Yeah. And that's it. It's like, don't ask me to do anything else. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not good in the kitchen. Let's say, um, um, this is yes. most of your business is done online, right? On Instagram. Yes. How do you find that that's work that that works for you? Is it, are you finding that your exposure's been it's better been, than you would think it would be on Instagram? Of course. Yeah. I think it's getting more noticed. Because there's a lot of people that know me personally yeah. and they say they order things and then they tell their friends, but it's an easier way for those people to see 
my things instead of just through a phone yeah. front that someone else took. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like yeah, totally. Before Yeah, because you're controlling the posts, right? Exactly. So it's... You control what the items look like. Right. As opposed to someone else's photos. Yeah, somebody's shitty like iPhone just over top. Yeah. Like, Click, oh, look at this cake. And it's like the angle's not right or the lighting's Yeah, weird. and that does make a difference. Sure. I find because yeah. there's certain things that attract people. You eat with your eyes first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know so, anyone that doesn't. You yeah. see something you're like, oh, I want to eat that. <laughs> exactly. Before you even taste it. it could you go to like a buffet. Crap. Yeah. You fill up your plates <laughs> yeah. and you eat half of it. Yeah. You eat with your eyes first. So Absolutely. It's about making it look good, but also it needs to taste good. Yeah. And that's where some people don't know how to do both. <laughs> no, no. I'm definitely in that category. Anything I make does not look pretty. It might taste okay, but it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> the trick is to think of how you want the end result to be. Yeah. The goal. Yeah, but I find even when like even when I'm barbecuing, you know what I mean? Like I throw a steak on and I have this idea that it's going to have these grill marks and and it, I mean it does, but it never looks like it should. You know what I mean? It's but have like, you ever looked into how to get those grill marks? I did a long time ago. I definitely did some YouTube stuff on how to cook a steak and I can get it cooked well. Like the inside's always perfect. Like I get the temperature just right and take it off before it hits mm-hmm. that temperature so it cooks a little bit longer it on, the, on the counter. Yeah. But what I, what I definitely can't do is make it look like those when you go to like the keg, for example. Oh, you those get are that fake steak. though fake no i'm oh you mean like the pic- <laughs> no i don't about, mean the picture i'm talking about when you're actually there oh yeah and they bring out this beautiful steak and it's got these you know perfectly charred like it's their grill, grill. marks i know but it's like it's grill. like fucking how, how do you do that you know what i mean it's, i want to be able to just bring a steak in from outside and have it look perfect but it, ne- <laughs> it never works out that way ever for me it's like but it tastes good it and that's all that really matters well when i worked at the italian restaurant i would work the grill sometimes yeah not to cook a steak by yeah. the way, cooking a steak is like the same way you would cook a cookie. FYI. Like, you know how you would take it, the steak off the grill yeah. just before yeah. how you want it to finish? Yeah. That's the same way if you as how you bake a cookie. So cookies have to cook because they'll, they'll continue cooking too because exactly. they're so hot. I see. Yeah, I never really thought about it like that for yeah. baking. It works the same. So if you want uh-huh. that crusty, like, not crusty. <laughs> But like that crispy outside yeah. and that chewy center. Yeah. You have to know like just when to take it just out. Just when to take it out. So then you know that it'll continue to bake for another one to two ah, minutes on the tray. That's a good tip. Yeah. See, that's a pro tip. <laughs> that's why I'm not a baker but because see, I leave it in there till the bottoms are black. No. And then they're good. And then they're nice and crispy and they taste like no, char. No, just right before they start turning brown, you take it out. That's yeah. why they say golden brown. Golden brown. Yeah, that's Golden right. brown. Well, there's always, you know, like, again, I'm not a baker, but like you... You, all these tricks, like, oh, you put a toothpick in, or you do this, you do that, and it becomes okay. And it's like, oh, holy crap, man. It's like, I can never get it right. But wouldn't you put a skewer in on a steak to see how much it's been, what the temperature is? I to just know use the how thermometer. Like, I have, like, a thermometer that Okay, in, so right? that's a, like a toothpick when you put it in. Yeah, but the toothpick, the toothpick thing always messes me up. It's like, oh, it's got to come out clean. Well, what does that mean? Everybody's definition of clean, clean. is different. It, it comes out with nothing on it. Nothing on it. If it was raw, there would be batter on this But thing. sometimes you put the toothpick in and it comes out and it's got like, it's like, I don't want to say wet is not the thing, but th- but you see moisture on the, on the That's toothpick. That's fine. As long as there's no batter on it. Gotcha. So if you stick it in midway through and it comes out clean, but it's, it's a little bit moist on the toothpick, you're still good to go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you just too. don't want batter on the toothpick. <laughs> That's why it says it comes out clean. I'm going to be like, I'm going to have all these tips. I should be writing them down and bake a cake it's tomorrow. Right. Well, that's why you're recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. I don't have to write it down. That's a good point. 
Um, yeah, the, the Instagram thing's so funny because I was just thinking about this today. So there's all these very, like, especially in the world we're in right now with a lot of um, uh, positive influencers for, or positive female role models on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I feel like for every one of those, like yourself, that's on there doing something good um, on, you know, on the social media platforms, there's a hundred more that are just girls sticking their asses out. Yeah. And you look at those accounts and they've got like mil- sometimes millions of followers, you know, three I million know. followers. And you're like, you're just pretty and you stick your butt out and you get all these people <laughs> to follow you. And meanwhile, yeah. there's all these better accounts. It's like, it drives me crazy. So that was the other thing I was going to ask is, you know, how do you find um, um, your interaction with people outside of uh, your... I'm sorry, I'm really clunky today. I'm, ju- okay. I'm just waking up. For anybody listening to this that's really annoyed <laughs> with how I'm speaking right now or how I'm stumbling, it's because I just woke up an hour and a half ago and I'm very tired. <laughs> it's okay. I smoked a little bit before here. <laughs> so right. we're smooth that's sailing right. yeah. and <laughs> taking it easy. It's fine. Um, how do you find that your interactions with people that necessarily aren't your, your customers? Do you get people contacting you just to say like how impressed they are with your work? Or Not really. No? Um, maybe in the comments. Yeah. But no like private messages or anything. Just people commenting yeah. love it love it but it's like who are these people mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. don't know them no of course not but that's why i'm asking because i feel like i like all uh for example i follow a lot of guitar accounts yeah some of them have a lot of followers some of them don't but i always try and make sure that i tell the people that don't have a lot of followers that what they're doing is good and they should keep doing it yeah it's i do get some of those hear that, right yeah and uh Obviously, with you being a business, you'd want people to be buying your stuff, and yeah. I, and and that's un- completely understandable. But sometimes it's just nice to hear that people are appreciating what you're doing. Yeah, you know what I mean, I do get that too. Like, yeah. keep going, great, like great page, keep going. Yeah. Honestly, as much as that's like positive reinforcement, mm-hmm. it's I kind of block myself away from it because I don't want to have that personal connection to yeah. comments. Yeah. And to just my phone and social media. I'm already on my phone that's so fair. much. Yeah, that that's fair. I try, like, even if it is a positive comment, I try to just, I don't know this person. Mm-hmm. I don't know their intention behind this comment. It mm-hmm. could be something positive. It could be something negative. I'm not yeah. sure. So I just try and separate myself right. from the unknown. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Until you re- until you know that they are an actual person and not just a exactly. bot or something. You know what I mean? Because I find that a lot, too. Like, even on, even on my page, like, I just I get weird... Like, I'll post something that's not anything in particularly good. It's just, like, something that I found that I think is funny. And someone, yeah. will, someone will post, great shot, great shot. It's like, hey, I'm, it's, this isn't a photography account. <laughs> yeah. It's not a great shot. It's just some piece of crap that I saw, like, on Facebook yeah. that I screenshotted and put on here. But so, that's what I mean. It's kind of like... Yeah, you never know how, quite how to take it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you can't take everything too seriously, so you got to just kind of... No. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to put too much thought into it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hear you. I just, I'm, I just like to hear that, uh, you know, like more like positive stuff on Instagram. Cause like oh, I said, like I see so much crap on there and so much bullshit. It's like, okay, this isn't even important at all to anybody, I know. but the accounts have so many followers. And I know that a lot of those have a lot of fake followers too. Yeah. And some know? of them are paid for. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. You can buy like, uh, I just heard somewhere that you can buy for not a lot of money for like, a grand, I think it was, or maybe even less. You can buy like a almost a million followers on YouTube for like a grand. Really? And they're all fake, obviously. So it doesn't help you in any real yeah. way because it those account that whatever whoever those followers or those accounts are don't um, they don't 
generate views on yeah. YouTube or likes or exactly. comments or anything. And if they do generate comments, it's all crap. But so it's not helping you in any way. No. So all you're doing is providing your, you making your account look like it's more important yeah. than it is, which is stupid in my, it in is. my opinion. I'd rather see an organically grown page than anything else. Right? I was just going to say that I, from the beginning, wanted it to be an organic growth. I didn't mm-hmm. want to push something that wasn't particularly there. Yeah. And I don't gamble, so I'm not going to pay a price and no then way. just assume that something is going to happen. Yep. I'm the same way. I There's no way I could ever pay for follower. I think that is the stupidest thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just, it seems so... Um, cheating almost. Yeah, like it's so <laughs> hokey to me to pay for followers. Like, And I say cheating because, I don't know, I feel like the more people that sort of follow you that message you for orders or yeah. inquiries it's like okay now it's kind of there's something going on right it's not a fake thing yeah yeah and it, and it feels nice to have re- like those repeat customers too and yeah. people following you that you know are legit or whatever and then they spread the word and they share your post yeah like, that's that's always been amazing to me to watch like accounts that have i'll start following they've got a thousand followers and then a year later, they've got 3,000 or 5,000. Well, they got to tell me how because yeah, yeah, <laughs> not that it really matters, but no, but it's, it's nice to, to see that they have that growth when it's something that you like, right? Yeah. Something that you're interested in and, and you know, the person's working hard. Like I follow this guy that just, he posts a, like a new guitar video every day and it's like a new song and it's like, it's not overly complicated stuff, but it's very, uh, like it's funky and it's entertaining mm-hmm. and he's like a really entertaining guy. He's like, he's, um, He's from Australia and he's, he doesn't hardly ever talks on, it's mostly just posts of him playing, but, uh, you can tell he's like a really like lighthearted guy. He's always like kind of like making like jokey faces or he's, he'll wear like a stupid hat like yeah. when he does it. And his, his account has just grown so much in the last few years that I followed him and it's all just organic growth mm-hmm. and it's just him grinding and, and posting every yeah. day. And that's one thing I've noticed about your account too, is like you are constantly posting um, new stuff like new content all the time showing your photos showing like yeah. where you're catering where your pop-ups are I try you know? and do that like honestly this sounds so I don't know shallow maybe but I follow Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. and not because of what she posts that's not shallow well like it's, en- it's en- entertainment yeah yeah I, I, I follow people that are weird to follow too but i <laughs> it's entertaining it's I my like guilty it. pleasure yeah exactly not yeah so we like to see how the other half live like yeah. not, we don't have their money so it's nice to see what kind of crap they do right but because <coughs> i also like business yeah i love the business marketing aspect of growing a business and starting a business off yeah that i watch what she does mm-hmm. the way she markets the way that or she runs her business because she has multiple things going on. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. She has like perfume. She has this, Spanx, blah, blah, blah. Not Spanx, but whatever it's called. Yeah. And she has all these things going on. And I'm trying to get a pattern. I'm trying to find a pattern. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to kind of get a hang of it. Yeah. And yeah, that's basically, are, it's like just... They are master marketers. Like they are. They, they've done, and it's not that they... It's not that they've come up with any spectacular no. ideas. It's just that they take their fame. They, they knew exactly how to use, and I'm sure that there's people helping them, yeah. but they knew how to take their fame and translate it into how to market whatever product they get behind, right? Exactly. And it's not just like, 
you know, Kim Kardashian, like I'm not the biggest Kardashian fan. They actually really annoy me. I, I usually can't stand people that are famous for being famous. Yeah. But she's Kim is really doing a lot of good stuff for getting people out of jail that yeah. shouldn't be in jail. And that's a like that is one of the best uh, examples of somebody already who's rich and famous beyond anybody's wildest dreams. She doesn't have to do any of that. No. You know, that's that's completely um, like her free time. Yeah. It's it's just she's just doing completely out of the uh, the goodness of her heart like nobody's paying her well, to do that well at least that. that's what we think but that's, yeah i mean there <laughs> i i there i guess there could be some kind of ulterior motive but i'd like to believe she's doing it out of the goodness of her heart and she's been, she's been doing well you know she's apparently she's now going to law school yeah. and she wants to be a lawyer and it's like it's can you imagine having that much money i think i don't think i would get out of bed if i had that much money but i i don't think it's that it's it's like an entrepreneur mindset you're just go yeah. go 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 yeah totally and I feel the same way. It's like you go, 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 go. It never shuts off yeah. in your head. Your brain just keeps going and it's going. It's the only way to really get your best foot forward, isn't it? Like you, like I said, you're, you're grinding all the time on Instagram. I see posts every day and the stuff looks, uh, I know you said earlier that you have um, an area set up stage to take photos. Yeah. And th- that is such a huge thing. Like product, um, um like promo shots of mm-hmm. your product are so important. You know, yeah. like a lot of people don't understand that. You no. know, I see some <laughs> profiles that have like dark backgrounds mm-hmm. and then I see the amount of people that follow them. And then I go to the ones that get, have like a th- hundred thousand yeah. followers or a million followers and they all have white backgrounds and then the pop of color from right. the cake. Really bright. Yeah. So I set up my own little thing. I went, I found this display at mm-hmm. a sh- closing down shoe store it was a shoe display Mm -hmm. but it turned out it was great to set cakes on sure it was a clean white square block yeah i got some cheap drapes from walmart yeah i stuck some hooks up on the wall and i made myself a little backdrop with that little white cake stand i make sure the light is just perfect i know what time the sun comes in at the window in that room and then i take the pictures that's excellent do you have uh, photography background at all or is this again just all kind of like self-taught from the internet yeah. yeah it's not amazing well i really like smoking a joint <laughs> and then editing my photos <laughs> yeah. yeah i feel like i can really it really helps you tune into stuff doesn't it or even tune things out where you're like yeah. maybe i shouldn't do it that much mm-hmm. like sharpen the image too much because yeah. it may look too right edited yeah but then when i smoke a joint and i'm doing it i'm like i don't give a fuck yeah you get out of your own way yeah and then i find that a lot too it's such an amazing uh substance for that it just gives you the ability to to, like you said like to not to give zero fucks you know like you just you look at shit or you think about something and it just and it's been turning out great yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah and that's and as it should be you know what i mean like um and because like i said it's it's nice to see that you put all that effort in and because I, I know there's people out there that are doing amazing things, but they don't, they don't grind. You know what I mean? Like, for example, your, your boyfriend, Matt, who mm-hmm. is a really good friend of mine, who's come up on this podcast a, n- a number of times. Um, he's got an Instagram page and he was at first posting like some wicked guitar clips. That was me just, doing it. Yeah. I was going to say, and then he <laughs> just stopped, right? It's like, it's like, okay, Matt, you got to keep doing that. No, man. that was because I stopped recording yeah. it because he was just like, no, I got to wait till I get this right. Perfect. Yeah. And and I'm like, it doesn't matter. It's, it's like about just getting the content. Out. Yeah. And it's about showing the working progress. That's right. Yeah. And that's what yeah. people want to see is Absolutely. the working, pro- not the perfection at the end. Yeah. 
it's the work in progress the yes. things that are in motion like just like you get addicted to watching those clips on youtube Absolutely. or instagram where someone's decorating a cake or decorating the cookie yeah. it's like i don't care about how the cookie looks no, after it's it, just the method of doing it there's something satisfying about watching yeah. the process right exactly so it's that could be someone's satisfaction is the imperfection of you continuously doing it and practicing going back redoing it until you make it perfect right 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 yeah i i love watching all that stuff too like that's that's such a good great point because that is exactly why i tune into a lot of youtube channels like just to see um and not necessarily the the process to get there but just the work that goes into it yeah and i guess yeah i guess that is the process but you know just watching somebody uh go into the studio like especially like big bands when they have um like like popular famous bands when they put um clips from when they're in the studio making their like latest mm -hmm. album and it's like a lot of times it's not even bands that would even go out and buy that album to be honest with you but i just love seeing the process yeah so i've seen them in the studio yeah. what the producer's saying to them how they're coming up with new stuff you know what i mean so and that's where i, th I th really think matt has messed up with his account because i think if he tried a little even a but little partly bit me yeah, partly <laughs> you but if you crack the whip on him a little bit, I think he could have a really good page because he's an amazing player and and he's definitely like very creative. He comes up with a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think he's really doing himself a disservice by not doing that, especially being a guitar teacher like he is. You know but I, mean? I think it's your your own worst critic, like critic, right? Absolutely. And so that's that hesitation, that mm -hmm. fear of not. But you got else to smoke a joint and say, I don't care. <laughs> or in Matt's case, drink a bunch of beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just... I'm the same way. Like I, I shouldn't criticize him for that because I feel like I could, for a while, I was really trying to post a lot of uh, artsy fartsy photographs um, yeah. on my page, and then I kind of got away from it when I got a, uh, another new job that took all my time. Um, but I feel like there's people out there working full time jobs with photography pages that are just yeah. putting shit out every but day. You can take pictures of anything and make it look exactly not make it look good but you can make it into yeah with a little bit of thought going in, going into it yeah. you can have some really decent photos and I, and I thought some of mine weren't bad I didn't have the best editing program at the time um, but I didn't think some of my stuff was coming out too terribly and I and I probably should have pushed a little harder but it's like everything else man you get busy with re real jobs and it just eats all your time up and it you does. get all your energy too like like that was the other thing I was going to say to you with all this posting and stuff I don't know where you find the energy for it because even to when I would sit down with a bunch of photos and edit them, my brain would just eat up whatever last bit of energy I had. It went into the, and by the end, I was like, oh, God, I'm glad that's done. And it was like I would edit two photos. I'd be like, oh, God, I'm glad that's over. And it's like it shouldn't feel like that. Right. And that's no. kind of another reason why I dropped off for me, because I mm. wasn't with the with the new work that I had. It was just eating up. I felt like it was eating up all my energy. You know, I had no nothing left to give. It's I like, oh, that's another way to express my creativity yeah it's like almost like a hobby oh yeah to totally. edit the photos yeah meanwhile it's benefiting you greatly because it's a business too yeah it's marketing for the business um oh man i totally forgot what i was gonna say i know i hate when that happens <laughs> i do that on here a lot there's been times in the past where i've just oh. thoughts completely fall out of my head so what i was gonna say i just remembered um <laughs> how like so i do this basically part-time but i still call it my full-time business like full-time job yep because while i'm at my full-time job 
I'm constantly thinking of my part-time job. Yep. <laughs> it's a vicious cycle. But do you find that you have time at your other job to... To think about? Too much time. Too much time. Yeah. And that's... And, and it that's, drives me crazy. I know. I know. I feel the same way. That's exactly what my job is. Like we were talking about what I do before. And I find the same thing. Like I just have all this time to think about mm-hmm. what I would rather be doing. Mm-hmm. And it just drives me nuts. I'm me just too. like, get me out of here. And the worst for me is I work in a factory. Yeah. Yeah. Just a very <laughs> sterile, dull environment. Yes. There's no light. There's nothing. You can't find any source of outdoor mother nature. It is the worst. It's awful. <clears throat> and then you feel like you're just planning your escape the whole time. Yeah. Like, how the hell do I get out of here? Totally. To, you know? And it's like, we shouldn't complain. Like, th- those are the jobs that pay our bills that allow us to do these other things. But at the same time, it's like, God... I can just imagine having a business like yours right on the cusp of maybe like, like I, and I don't want to get into what you're making. I would never ask you that, but I, you know, I hope that it would be something that would soon be able to transition you to doing that full time. You know that's I mean? a plan. Yeah. And I, and I thought so. And that's one of the questions I was going to ask you was like, you know, how do you find the growth is, do you th- foresee yourself doing this full time anytime soon or do you still have a long way to go? Yeah, I know. That's the thing. Right? So, because so I would I'm gonna start with my thought process from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So working in a bakery factory, yeah, I go in there with an open mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm there to strictly decorate cakes. That's it. Right. So I think of it in a way of like Karate Kid training. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just there with doing the same mundane task over and over yeah. and over and over until I make it a muscle memory. Yeah. Once I make it a muscle memory, it starts becoming natural. So I can start doing it a lot quicker, a lot more efficient on my own time. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm training myself. Mm-hmm. That's the way I think of it. Yeah. So then I can get through the day. No, totally. I'm training, training, training. So then I can do better for when I get home and right. do it myself yeah. for myself. Well, yeah, totally. I mean, and there's no shame in that. Like you're you're I mean you're working at a factory but it's still a baking factory you're still um working on your skill right yeah and exactly there's there's no shame in that at all because uh you know meanwhile the business is not maybe not to a point where you can take it full time and pay all your bills with that money but at the same time you're still doing something that you kind of love you know what I mean it's still in the it's still in the the realm of what your small category yeah yeah Yeah. exactly because this factory is essentially like where you would like to be, yeah. you know, you have your small storefront yeah. bakeries and then you have this larger scale, mm-hmm, like a big production facility. Pumping yeah. So it's like you see the the little people and you see like the bigger people. Mm-hmm. I've worked in those smaller bakeries, mm-hmm. cupcake shops. And yeah, yeah. so I know how that is run because mm-hmm. I work there. I watch and I examine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People probably think I'm a quiet little creep, but I'm just watching how the business is being run. That's it. Yeah. That's all I'm doing and <laughs> taking just, mental notes. Yeah, creepily observing in the background. Yeah, exactly. I'm just taking mental notes. Yeah. And then once I get enough information from that place, I move on to the next place. I get my information from there and I move on to the next. Right. Just like the ACC. I knew I was not going to be there for a long time. Yeah. I was there for a minimal amount of time mm-hmm. until I knew I learned as much as I needed to know. Mm-hmm. And then I left. Mm-hmm. I went to a small bakery. It's called uh, Bake Sale. It's really small. They have three locations downtown. Oh, okay. Worked there for a summer. And I saw how that was run. I saw their production. I see the way they rotate their stuff. I yep. t- keep track of how they do their sales, how they do their 
custom order sheets and mm-hmm. whatever. Keep track of that. Thanks. Got that information. On to the next. Hmm. Now I'm at a factory where I can learn how to do things. Large scale. kind of. Right? Large scale. See how they freeze things. See how fresh they are until like they say, okay, enough is enough in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Like we'll take it out and throw it away. Mm-hmm. So I learned that because I don't want to open up a shop and then learn it and then right. fail. Stumble along as you go. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I want to learn all these mistakes before I kind of jump into that deep end. That's a great way to approach it. Well, really. hopefully, hopefully. No, it really is because you're learning, like you said, you, you went to, th- so did you already have this business when you started at the ACC? Or yes. You did. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you went into it knowing that you were going to collect information while you were there. You yeah. Had, you had a long-term <laughs> plan, right? Yeah. And that's, I struggle with that a lot myself. Like, and, and probably a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of people do, is seeing, playing the long game, seeing the future, where you want to be, yeah. right? Setting that goal and then and then finding the ways to collect the information. Exactly. So yeah. every job I go to, I think of it as a learning experience. Mm-hmm. I don't go in and say, oh, nine to five. Yeah, obviously sometimes yeah. I do. But yeah. then I, listen, you're here for a short time, not mm-hmm. a long time. Right. Get what you need to know and move on. Yeah. Like, don't stick around because you're going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. And, you know, crazy happens when you expect a change and change never happens. Yeah, definitely. So... Definitely. Once I hit that point of, okay, crazy's coming, mm-hmm. I move on mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's always the same thing. Yeah, you can over feel and over. it coming, right? It just, yeah. you start to get eaten up inside. Yeah. yeah so I've been I, there that, lots too. That's when I'm like, okay, enough is enough. Yeah. I got what I needed to know. It's time to move on because nothing else is changing. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. So that's how I know when to leave a place, move on yeah. to next, grab my information and move on to the next. So I'm kind of getting a little here, a little there. Mm-hmm. A little, yeah. That's a good, that's a great plan. Like, Honestly, I, I think that is uh, that shows a lot about your character because a lot of people don't think that way. They get a job, they go, oh, finally, I got a job, you know, and then they just stay there. And li- like, even if they have these passions or these other things, they never get around to because it's hard to see when you first start these things when there's no money in it. Mm-hmm. For example, what we're doing right now, this podcast, this is just, it's a hobby podcast. Yeah. Obviously, would I love for something like this to pay off or something in my music um life if you want to call it that to pay off and be able to do that for a living of course but you know you, you get stuck in your every day with these jobs and yeah. then you have a hard time seeing how to escape that you know exactly so i, li- I like really like that you found a way to find the find the stuff you need so that you can further your business and yeah. your knowledge and your skill right while still making money to pay the bills yeah so that is the hardest part a lot of people will abandon their full-time jobs i know people that have abandoned their full-time jobs to try and make their I don't want to call it a hobby, but their small business grow. But it, it all work. starts with a hobby. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Any small sure. business starts as a hobby. And it should, because again, like if you're starting a business, you, it should be something you're passionate about. You shouldn't be starting a business unless you know it's something kind of guaranteed that's just going to make money. And I know, I know people have done that too, but if you don't have your heart in something like it, what's the chances it's going to succeed? Yeah. You know what I mean? You really got to try so hard. And that's what I do. I just try and learn as much as I can until I take that next step. Yeah. Because I don't want to dive into something. And then Mm -hmm. when I was younger, like in my early twenties, I had a decision like, okay, so I was dating someone for a long time and it's Mm. like, okay, do I go the traditional route, stay with this person, Mm. marry them, have the kids by the time I'm 24 Mm. and then start my career when they're able to take care of themselves yeah no 
Yeah. And I knew that if I got to a certain age and certain things didn't happen, I would regret it for the rest of my life. Sure. And the last thing I want is to be my 50s and 60s and be like, oh, I should have tried yep. that. I should have tried that. And I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So yeah. I just, you know what? Let me take this detour hmm. and see where it takes me. I'm going to try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Right. But at least I tried it. Right. And, and that's it. That's the trap, isn't it? Like people fall into these traps. They they meet somebody, they fall in love, and they think, oh, I want to do this. And then you're you're so right. Like I know so many uh, older um, the guys I used to work with like in, in my old job that had they were so full of regrets. And they would tell me things. Like I remember... When I first started uh, back in my early 20s mm-hmm. um, uh, in the in the working full-time working force, you know, like these guys telling me, or I guess it would be my late teens, I think I was 19 when I started working, they, they, they would ask me how old I was. And I would tell them, they'd go, oh, you got the world by the balls. And I never quite understood yeah. that statement. You know, it was it took years for me to understand, like, mm-hmm. what, the f- what the fuck are they talking about? Like, everybody's got the world by the balls. You can do whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you want. But it's not necessarily true. If you no. get locked down with... You know, like a marriage and kids, especially as a woman, like a guy, the guy's not having the kids and a lot, and it's getting a lot different in today's world, Yeah. but usually it's not the guy staying home to look after the children, exactly. it's the mother. So you really sacrifice a lot to have yeah. those children and, and it is, of course, it's. I don't have children myself, but of course it's very, I can imagine how enriching it is, how much it brings to your life, but it also can detract from your, from your life, yeah. from some of your goals, right? And that was basically it. My goal was... At some point in my life, doesn't matter when, mm. in, there needs to be a storefront yeah. somewhere yeah. at any time. Mm-hmm. I don't care when, but it just needs to happen because otherwise, yeah. it's like, well, what was the point? So I know you do pop-ups. Yes. Is that the only storefront stuff you've done so far, kind of? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you so like you've never had a little shop anywhere? No. Yeah. That's the fear. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's the, the leap, deep right? end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my deep end. Yeah. And do you think you could ever do it while still maintaining your regular job? No, no, it'd be too difficult. eh? No, it's like a, you need it full time. Yeah. So you almost got to have like a if you're going to do that, you almost have to have like a bit of a fallback. Exactly. Some kind of a plan that you can go back to quickly if you need. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, there's no shame in that. Like I know people that have I, I worked with a guy many years ago that had a failed business. He, st- he left. He worked for the municipality that I was working for, mm-hmm. left, went and tried something. It failed came back and had to start all over mm-hmm. but there was no shame in it he tried it right yeah exactly and at least he was able to get back to a, a really what i consider to be a really good job you know yeah. municipal work is is very safe and it's, yeah you make a lot and of you know what? it's even hard to get into it's very hard to get into and it's getting easier these days um i find there's less people apply like being on the management side because the other ones are on instagram being entrepreneurs yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah you know what like it's amazing how many people can maintain a full-time job though and still like like yourself and still do stuff on the side and make decent money at it like i was recently talking to a guy um who started a it's kind of silly because i hate vapes but he started a vape (laughs) business on the side and all he does is import these vapes from like china or wherever Mm -hmm. and then sell them to people like he doesn't even sell directly to consumers he sells to like distributors yeah and the guy's making huge money yeah. doing it. But he's still got a full-time job. He's still working oh. a full-time job with benefits because all he's doing is pretty much sending emails and making phone yeah, calls. Yeah, exactly. Right? And you can easily buy things on yeah. your part-time, like yeah. at your own time. Your break, after work, whatever the case Absolutely. may be. Yeah, I mean, there's there's time, especially in the job, you know, like in the municipal world that I live in. Like there's always, 
there's always time to do yeah. stuff like that. Well, when I started this factory job, I told myself like when I first started, I would get there early. Not yeah. anymore. No. <laughs> now I just get there late right. because well, I'd rather sleep. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And why go early if you don't really like the place? Like, you know yeah. Because I mean? although you don't like it, it's just that it's not. It's yeah. not doesn't draw you to come there soon. But when I was getting there early, Sorry, guys. when I was getting there early, I dedicated that time to post, do like rehash right. tags, kind of get more stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And same with my breaks. I did a bunch of research on my breaks. I would sit oh, in my yeah. car, do research, like what's my next move? Right. And I just sit there, do some research, make notes, make phone calls, this and that. Oh, my break's done. Got to go back to work. So right. it's even an in-between thing. Sure. As I'm decorating cakes and working on my karate kid training. <laughs> <laughs> wax on, wax off. Yeah. That is, yeah. And that's, I again, like everything you're saying is like all the stuff that I feel like <clears throat> I should have done with, with some hobbies and projects that I had. And even this thing, like I'm just, this is only the second episode we've that I've recorded back since since trying it again. But even the first time, like I felt like I should have given it more of an effort than I did. And I always yeah. kicked myself and I had you know, I went out and bought all this gear and made sure I had everything to do this and then it just fell off the radar so quickly, mm-hmm. you know. But that's the kind of effort I should have put into it. I should have been thinking about but it you all could the time. Still do it. Yeah, and I'm and I'm sort of uh, newly inspired again to start, yeah. you know what I mean? To chase people down. And, and a lot of people, like we were saying before off mic, um, a lot of people don't want to do it. They don't want to talk about themselves, but it's just about chasing people. You know what I mean? Grinding and trying to find the right guests to be on. Yeah. But it's those people like, and this is why I want to do it. So then people understand mm-hmm. sort of where I'm coming from, my history. And it's kind of like, one-stop shop so yeah. if you want to know about me here absolutely. it is yeah and, and you don't have to ask me. <laughs> talk about a you know it's it's great like i don't understand why people don't want to talk about themselves when you're doing something good and somebody else recognizes it why would you not want to talk about it you know what i mean especially when you have a business like yourself and like you're like to me even though you're still working a full-time job at the moment it feels like you've got a plan and it's inspiring to see because you're doing something that you love and you're trying Mm -hmm. to get to that full time. And it's like, again, like I was saying before, not a lot of people have the drive to do that. They just get stuck in their rut. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm paying my bills and I can buy this shit and I can get this car or whatever. And, but they don't have any, any passion in it at all. You know, I think a part of it, there's, like I said, business is really a big thing that I love to do. And Mm -hmm. that's, goes hand in hand with the baking. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to ask you about that. You didn't have any business training either, right? You kind of just learned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I grab things from places I've worked. I've worked in retail for 10, 15 years. I've gotten a lot of information about how to market prices and stuff like that, of how to do things. Yeah. I just kind of... There's no better training, eh, than the hands-on stuff. Yeah, exactly. You learn so much more than in school. Exactly. So I just always put two and two together. Like I see, like I said, I see the way Kim Kardashian markets her stuff. And from the stuff that I learn, I kind of do my own thing. Uh Uh-huh. So I always just kind of grab what I learn and I just put it towards what I'm doing. And right. that's, it kind of makes it my own. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And then the, the business itself, when did you, when did it actually start? Like, did it start when you were in your early twenties then? Did you start it yeah. that long ago? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I was, like I said, with my ex and I mentioned it because it was a turning point in my life. Mm-hmm. It was a mentally abusive relationship mm. and I knew that if I got stuck in that it would be a really bad ending yeah in my eyes 
sure. wouldn't be the what I wanted. Yeah. And I came to this realization like at the end of the day, mm. when everything is all said and done, who's there with you? Right. You, yourself, and I. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one's going to look after you, right? You have to look after yourself. Exactly. And we want to believe that these people that come in and out of our lives are there for a purpose or they're there to help us through or whatever, but not everybody is good for you. There's no. a lot of people in toxic relationships. You exactly. Know, you see it all the time, right? And I'm glad I went through mine at such a young age where I can you bounce got it out back. Of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was definitely a huge learning experience. My mom oh, yeah. still now is like, I don't understand why you're wa- with that guy and you wasted. It. It's like, but I've become such a better person because yeah. of it. Yeah. 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 Because I know who I do not want to be. Exactly. So once yeah. that happened, then I was like, okay, I need to do something with my life that is the opposite of what could have happened with this person. Oh, absolutely. So that's the way I see it. And I learned that at 21. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I got to really buckle down. But I mean, good on you for like, for recognizing that, you know, that that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't, they get stuck. You know what I mean? And it's awesome that, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate they had to go through that, but at the same time, like it, what a growth, you know, what, what, what a way to grow your or change your personality for the better or change your situation for the better. I should say, not your personality, but I think personality too. Yeah. Yeah. You found a change in yourself yeah. having to go through that? Oh, yeah. Back then, I was a very angry person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because you don't seem that way to me right now. I've never known you to be angry. No. And it's just like something that because of that person, it had it made me an angry person. And obviously yeah. other things like just. Yeah, it really fucks with your mood, eh? When, yeah. you're, when you're around people all the time that are toxic, angry, toxic yeah. people, and then it just like sticks with you. Yeah, and it, you're just your brain collects it like a sponge, yeah. and you're stuck with this. You're mm-hmm. stuck with it, and it's like, how do I get rid of this? Yeah, and you just have to learn to let it go. And yeah, and I feel like, and a lot of people tell me that I'm crazy sometimes, but other people see it in me. I, I am also an angry person, but it, I'm not angry in the sense that I'm just angry at life. I'm. I, I have a temper. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so things really, we know when they, when they set the triggers. Yeah. When they set those triggers off, it really like boils my blood and I get angry. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, during those bouts of anger, I can be super negative, you know, and I've yes. had people on here before, like my friend Alex, the, uh, the stunt man who is such, he was like my, I think he was my first guest ever. He was, he's such a positive person. He's the complete, like I don't want to say the complete opposite of me, but he's very different in his thinking, like the yeah. way I think compared to the way he thinks. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I hang out with these people, it's very inspiring. You know, like people like yourself who are, like I said, I keep bringing this point up, but you're doing something you love. It really um, affects my, the way I look at things. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm typically a negative person. Oh, that won't work or that's not going to make any money or that's not going to make money yeah. quick enough. Why am I going to spend money to try and, you know, only earn back half of what I put in or mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? And, but it's, it's not about that. It's about, no. again, it's about seeing the long game. Yeah. You know, and I don't, <laughs> typically I don't, I try, it's but it's okay. hard. <laughs> it is hard. And you know, I, the big thing for me is I don't read much, but when I do read a book, it's a wellness book. It's something to improve myself because the only way to be happy is if you're happy with yourself. Yeah. Oh, I, no matter I believe that. how much money you have, no matter how many things you have, it doesn't matter. As yeah. long as you're happy within yourself. And the only way to do that is the way you, that you think. Yeah. And then it starts rubbing off onto, it gives you a different energy. Mm-hmm. And I sound like such a hippie saying this. No, it, <laughs> but it's true. You know, like it, this is the kind of stuff that I like, um, 
I don't know. I, I don't want to ask your actual age. You're not supposed to ask ladies your age. I'm, I'm 38 fine. now. So I, when I was a kid, uh, even, even into like my high school years, or I guess mostly in my high school years, it was always about just get a job, find work. Yeah. It was ne- nobody ever said to me. And I mean, this isn't a, a knock on my parents that they were looking out for my best interests, trying to yeah. get me into the working world so that I could have my own money and, and everything else. And they just wanted me to be successful in some way. Yeah. But nobody ever said to me, what do you like to do? Yeah, exactly. And helped me to figure out how to do that as a career. Like, I remember when I was a kid, like like Matt, for as long as I can remember, has always wanted to be a guitar teacher. Mm-hmm. and Or not wanted to be a guitar teacher, but it was at least on his horizon, right? And even though I knew that was a possibility in high school, it never really set in that I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody ever told me you don't have to be like, the best guitar player in the world to be a teacher. Yep. That was always my mindset. Like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not mm-hmm. good enough. I was good enough. I could have, like, I could have taught kids like base the basics of guitar, and I could, and I could have increased my skill yeah. and gotten to a place where I could teach more advanced stuff. Because uh, that's how you grow as a yeah, person is by nobody, learning. Nobody ever told me that. Nobody ever sat me down and said, "Follow your dreams, chase what you love." No one will ever tell you that. Try that when <laughs> you're young, so that if you fuck up and you have to quit. Yeah. That you can still start over on something else. I honestly think, are your parents immigrated here? Yeah. Grandparents? Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. I feel like, sorry for any immigrants, but I feel like it's an immigrant Mentality. Thing. Yeah. It's their mentality. Because they had to work so hard. Mm-hmm. And if you found a steady job, you didn't have to hustle That's right. as much as I did when... Yeah. I was your age or whatever. Right. They can you can settle in, right? Exactly. And that's what they you wanted. Can they cruise wanted life. Work. Yep. And then wait for retirement. I'm not waiting for retirement. Yeah. I know. I hear that all the time. I eh? hate hearing that. Yeah. And I you know, I, I again I fall into that trap too. I think to myself, like the job I have is gonna end up with, you know, a, a good pension. Like I'll make what I make going to work right now mm-hmm. to stay home. But not till I'm sixty. Yeah. Right? And when you're 60, like 60 still by today's standards is still fairly young. By the time we get there, it's going to be even younger. It's going to yeah. be like 50 because people are living longer and they're finding advances in, in medicine. Retirement is like you nowadays. Yeah. Retirement is past 55, which is the Absolutely. standard time yeah. of our parents. 55 is a great time to retire, but not yeah. a, lot, a lot of people get to do that. No. Right? And so retirement nowadays would have to be in your 60s or yep. 70s yep. and statistically you need at least a million dollars i know it's crazy in your retirement in order to live a comfortable life yeah who is saving a million dollars nobody you, you have possible. to sell all your stuff you'd, you'd have to have a, a nest egg like a house yeah. or an investment property that you could sell but That's the only if way you're saving a million dollars your entire life... It takes you that long to save yeah, it. Yeah, but are you going to want to use that money to travel? No, you won't because you need it exactly. to live. You know, and, and like I said, and people are living you, longer. They need the money. Yeah, and didn't you want to travel when you retire? It's yeah. a vicious cycle. Yep. So if I do something that I like or that I love mm-hmm. or that I'm interested in, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to retire. Yep, that's right. If I can just build it into... A self-run yep. factory. Yep. Yep. I can just sit back, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go to and, work when I want, and run it and the way you want, and know that you're satisfied doing yeah. it. You're not banging your head against the wall because your suggestions are not being listened to. It's your thing. Yeah. You know, and you're right. Like you can't wait till you retire to do the things you want to do. But again, like a lot of people don't have that foresight. They just think. This is my job, and I'm, I'm the retirement savings is there. And the unfortunate thing is, how many people don't live to see that? 
Exactly. They don't even get to retirement. Exactly. And it's like, holy fuck, they worked their whole life for this thing that they had in their mind, like, I'm going to put my feet up when I retire and I'm going to do the shit yeah. I want to do, and they never get They're to do always it. on the cusp of it. It's always a yeah. thin line, and yeah. then you get pushed over the wrong edge, yeah. and then just as you're about to retire, yeah. the month before, something happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see it all the time. Me too. All the time. And people that won't retire, like, I work with a couple of people that just don't want to go, and I, I, I tell them, like, I've told them straight to their face, I have no idea why you're here. You can go right now with a full pension. I can't imagine coming to a place every day if I could be paid to not come to that place because you can do whatever you want. You can yeah. go, if you want to work, go work somewhere else, right? You'll 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 have a better time because you're going to be learning new things, or even if it's the same but, industry but, but in a different place. Maybe they just don't have that mentality of wanting to learn something yeah. Yeah. new. Yeah. Me, I'm always trying to find like a new hobby. Me too. Because I used my hobby and now it's like a yeah. career. So now yeah, I yeah. need to <laughs> find another hobby. Way. Oh, I know. I'm the same way. I just, I'm always thinking about, like I always say, like people always say like, what are you going to do now? Oh, now you're doing that. Well, what happened to this thing? Or what happened to that thing? It's like, okay, life is about experiences. Yeah. You know, and that's what I always tell people. Like I want to experience a lot of things. And if that means I'm going to have a different hobby every couple of years, well, so be it. Yeah. And, w- and besides. Not what, even a couple of years, even a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, you try something you don't like it, you move on. Yeah, right. And I've I've done that too, but like my point is like what what businesses of anybody else's what I do or don't do it's it no doesn't affect their life. No, you know it's because they don't have anything satisfying happening in their life. Yeah, that they have to concentrate on what's wrong in your life. Right. Even though those are just stepping stones. Yeah. To something bigger and better. I find a lot of people that ask me like oh, you're always changing hobbies or you're always buying this shit and then selling it or you think you want this and then you get it and then you don't want it and you sell it and you lose a bit of money. It's like, those are always the people that have like the most boring life. Like they just, they go to work and they have like one hobby that they've had since they were a kid, like yeah. fishing or or they go hunting once a year and that's all they talk about and think about. And it's like, okay, just because that satisfies you and your needs doesn't mean that everybody's like that. Yeah. You know what I and mean? And you like, going hunting once a year, does that's not a hobby. No, but a lot of people <laughs> consider that. They spend their whole... They spend the whole year thinking about, oh, I need to buy this shit, this gear, or we got to set up a new spot or we're going here. And it's like, man, that to me, like there's nothing more boring than thinking about one thing. Yeah. For like the only thing that you get excited about is like this one thing. And that's all you talk about and think about. It's like, it's like, man, like again, life is about experiences. Yeah. And if you're just sticking to that one thing, it's like, holy crap, how boring is your life? Yeah, you go I home always and watch hunting programs or whatever fishing programs, or look at the magazines and look shop online for the gear. It's like, yeah. it's like great if you can be happy with that, fine. But don't bother me about what I'm doing, you know? Because at least you're trying things. I try yeah. and do. My goal for this year was um, to try a different route, not a routine every month, but a yeah. different thing. So like one month I would try yoga. I haven't done it yet, yeah. but it's still on my plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To try yoga for a month and then move on to something yeah. else for another month. Like yeah. I'm not going to get a membership for a whole year at a gym right. when I can do different things every month. Or maybe you'll like it. You maybe or you'll that stick with too. It. You yeah, know, you'll exactly. get addicted to it and make you feel good and you want to keep going. Whatever you don't know, but you don't know till you try. Exactly. Right? That's the thing is that you don't know until you try. Exactly, and that's why it's I couldn't live life without trying to have my own yeah. f- storefront. Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah. regret will just eat me up. Oh, you're going to get there. I, I know you will. Based on what I see and how hard you're working at everything, well, thank you. I, I guarantee you're going to have, you're going to make your goals because hard, like getting the things you want comes from hard work. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's not, you know, it's not just about hard work. It's about who you know, and it's about a bit of luck. And that, that's probably true. 
but you don't get anywhere without hard work. Yeah. You got to grind, man. And it's like, it's a hard thing for people to swallow because they don't want, they, there's this book that I've been meaning to read. Speaking about reading, like you said before, you don't really read a lot. I don't read a lot either because there's so much digital content these mm-hmm. days. Even when I was younger, like I did read some books, but it's hard to, for uh written word to keep my attention when yeah. you've got all these, like anything you want to learn is on YouTube. Yeah. Anything you want for entertainment is on Netflix. Like it, everything is visual and, and even for listening now for podcasts, like I get a lot of information from podcasts a lot. And, um, I just lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? I can't remember now. Oh, uh, reading. So yes. there's this, this, so there's this Your book. book. Yeah. So there's this book called, I believe it's called the war of art. Okay. And there's the art of war and there's this other yeah. book called the, the war of art and the war of art from what I understand, from what I've heard other people talking about is, um, all about getting, like you were talking about earlier, getting out of your own way resistance, mm-hmm. what the book, this author in the book calls resistance. And it's just the shit that we all experience. Okay. I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow. And then you wake up. Uh, I don't feel like going to the gym. Procrastination. Yeah. Procrastination and fear of failing or, or fear of having, uh, of how much work it's going to be. So I'm reading a book now about procrastination because yeah. as Matt and anybody that really knows me knows that I'm a huge procrastinator. A lot of people are. I'm, I am too. But it turns out that there's a certain like thing that you think about, about procrastination and the people that procrastinate yeah. are perfectionists because you keep putting it off because you're afraid to make the mistake. Yeah. 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 Totally. Until you're forced to have to do it. So I've been reading this book about procrastination and they do like case studies about people that are I, like if someone gets an assignment and you have three people. Yeah. One person will start the assignment right away. One person will wait a little bit. One person will wait till last minute. That's me. Yeah, me too. Exactly. <laughs> Procrastination. But it turns out people delay it the same amount of time because even if you start it ahead of time, you're still going to delay it later on. Yeah. So it's like it's because you're a perfectionist that mm-hmm. you procrastinate. I have a funny story about procrastinating. Okay. I In high school, and Allison is always like, She's always going to be shit about this story. And she laughs whenever she tells it because it's, it is funny. So I had this book report to do. I can't even remember what the book was. And, uh, I waited to read it until the literally like, and it was like two days before, literally before it was due. We had like a month to do this, to read the book and do the report. And so I waited until like a couple days before I read, I forget how many chapters in the book. I don't know, 30 chapter, whatever. I read the first two chapters I opened to the middle and read two middle chapters and I read two chapters at the end. Smart. And I fucking got an A on that project <laughs> because it, I was so good with written with writing, right? That I just was able to pull enough and just yeah. the, the basic amount of information I needed about the book. I think I read the back cover too, like the little description mm-hmm. and then read those few chapters. The and six then you chapters made it your there, own. And I, and I nailed it. And like, that is like so much stuff in my life is like that. I wait to the last minute yeah. and then I put, a ton of effort into it and make it good and it comes out decent and she always laughs at that story because there's no way she could work like that like yeah. she's a very detail-oriented person like she's the kind of person that would read the entire book and maybe read it again or read parts of it again in order to get the book report just right no. meanwhile i read six fucking chapters and get an <laughs> a on it it was great so it's like a, a procrastination win on that one but oh, it's yeah. not always it's not always the case it, no. has, it has bit me a you lot have of times to, too you definitely it's a work in progress it's yeah. I used to procrastinate a lot when I first started baking. 
because I always thought, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do it in this short amount of time. Yeah. Turns out I can't. No, it always takes longer than you think. Yeah. Everything. And not just bake, like everything yeah. takes longer than you think, you know. But now I learn my lesson and I know how much time certain things take and I right. know how much time to give myself because I also uh, deliver desserts to an Italian restaurant in Vaughn. Mm. So I do their desserts for them and their dessert menu. Oh, okay. So it's like a side little... What, what, where is this? What place? It's called Anna Maria Trattoria. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that on, on your on your post. Yeah, Jane and Langstaff. Oh, nice. So you, you provide all their like baking stuff for them? Yeah. All their, yeah. They make their own like tiramisu and oh, a really? couple okay. in-house desserts, yeah. but I provide the rest of the desserts for right. them. That's cool. That's good. Yeah. So it's a consistent sort of... Yeah. So you're Matt gave me that idea. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, how did you and you just how did you get hooked up with these people? So I one day I just like threw a whole bunch of recipes that I had together, made small little sizes of them, found some packaging from a local uh, wholesale, like it's called Create a Bag. Mm-hmm. So I bought a whole bunch of containers and mm-hmm. bags and stuff. I created a menu, mm-hmm. and I just found things a whole bunch of restaurants in my area that's close enough to deliver to. Mm-hmm. And then I just handed out samples for a few hours before I had to go to work. Wow. And then one person. Idea. Yeah. And then one person called me and right away they or placed an order. Wow. And it's been oh, a year and a half. Or and so. you just consistently delivering? Like how often do you, con- do you deliver there? Either a week or every two weeks. That's good. Yeah. Weekly or bi-weekly is excellent. Yeah. It's a steady income for you, right? Yeah, exactly. That must be a lot of work though too, because yeah. you got to have all the stuff that's on the menu, right? So you got to do yeah. a lot of baking. Well, I try and keep things so that it they're multi-purpose, hmm. right? So if I like right now, what's on the menu is a New York, not a New York, sorry, a lemon cheesecake, a German brownie, mm-hmm. which you have in your package. Nice, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you again for bringing that. Um, what else do I have? Sticky toffee pudding. Ooh. And I'll have like special dessert specials where I could change it up according yeah. to what other ingredients I have. Sure. So then I can multi-purpose that's a good my way ingredients. To do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's something that I learned at the ACC is multi-purpose ingredients. So the German brownie, I can take that and then make a different topping for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. It's the same recipe. I right. just make a different topping and I name it something different. Marketing. See. And that is something. Trips. That I learned in college because I was in school for pharmaceuticals. Really? So I learned the pharmaceutical marketing of how they market their prescription pills and stuff. Yeah. They're over the counter pills. Yeah. And that's how I do it. Nice. Good. (laughs) Yeah. That is such a big part of it. eh? Like, and the fact that, so you were, (laughs) you're in school for pharmaceuticals (laughs) and then you you ended up in school for baking before or after (laughs) the pharmaceuticals. So when you know it's drilled into your head you need it to go to college go to school for a couple years and then get that job get married have the kids you know that plan Mm -hmm. that your parents Mm -hmm. set for you Mm -hmm. so pharmaceuticals was part of my plan i wanted to be a pharmacist didn't realize how much school it was oh it's done yeah Yeah, yes i'm like oh maybe i'll just do pharmaceutical technician Mm -hmm. or maybe i'll just work in a lab where it's kind of like whatever mixing things together Mm -hmm. which i enjoy doing so I went to school for pharmaceuticals and they taught you about the pharmaceutical company, how the things are marketed. Mm-hmm. For example, Midol. Midol was originally marketed for people that had UTIs, the pain. It's a painkiller. Right. 
So it's for marketed towards people that had urinary tract infection, the mm-hmm, pain mm-hmm. for that. But then somewhere down the line, they just rebranded it, remarketed it towards women with menstrual mm-hmm. symptoms. Mm-hmm. But it's the exact same pill. All they have to do is do a minor milligram change of something. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what. And they could remarket it and rebrand it as something right, else. Something else. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's interesting that they teach you about that in like pharmaceutical school. You think that they would just teach you about like the dispensing and the dangers and like what all the drugs yeah. do. But it's funny that they teach you about the marketing. Yeah. Because that is such a huge part of pharmaceutical and drugs. pharmaceutical companies like. The industry is an over billion dollar industry. Oh, yeah. It's almost as high as the porn industry. Oh, and yeah. that's what they even said in school too. I remember that. It was like I believe it. it. The porn industry and the pharmaceutical industry are almost parallel. Isn't that crazy? Like and you see it, like how often are you watching TV and a fucking pharmaceutical yeah. ad will pop up for all different things? And it's like, why am I being inundated with commercials for drugs that I'm never going to take. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they should be up to your doctor to say, exactly. hey, this drug will probably work for this problem. Take this drug. Not, like, see it on TV and go, hey, I think I might need that antidepressant or whatever. ask your doctor if this yeah. is... Pro- like, right. But ask your doctor. Yeah, that's the biggest <laughs> crock of crap. The doctor should know already. You shouldn't have to ask exactly. your doctor. Hey, can I get this pill? Oh, yeah, sure, why not? I feel like it's... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's... That's a bigger problem in the States than it is in Canada. Yeah. But it is very possible that these doctors are, you know, I I try not to be, again, this is like the negative side of my thinking, but I feel like if they are getting kickbacks, it is kind of dirty and you really shouldn't be asking your doctor because you could be making them lean in that way. It's it's true because some doctors are affiliated with certain uh, pharmaceutical companies. They are? Yeah. That's ugly. That's gross. So you'll get pharmaceutical companies, salespeople taking doctors out uh, like, golf courses and yeah. stuff to try and sell them on a certain product and that way when cu- when patient I say customers because hmm. they, they are customers but Absolutely when the patients come in with an unknown symptom or whatever you can just prescribe this thing and yeah. it's like a hand in hand kind of business where yeah. and I worked at a pharmaceutical company or a pharmacy as my co-op in high mm. school mm. and it was the same thing the dermatologist across the hall had a partnership with the owner of the pharmacy <sighs> So they exchange business all day. Yeah, and I guess that's the way. I mean, medicine is still a business. I get it, but it just seems so ugly when you talk, you're talking about people's health here. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you're prescribing stuff based on what some company is encouraging you to prescribe, that's that's ugly. You know what it I mean? It is. That's not. That's nothing that I want to be a part of anyway. No. So know? I was just like, you know, I literally got what I needed out of there and yep. <laughs> left. Yeah, and again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you know, it, it's gaining experience. And everything you do, like I believe everything you do... Happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, that's something that I really got from being with my wife because she's been saying that for years. And I used to believe, not believe that at all. I used to think it was a, that statement was a big crock crap, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, th- I used to think you control everything. And I, and I think it's now, I think as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that it's a bit of both. Yeah. You know what I mean? Stuff happens in your life and then it's... It provides you with info um, that you might not have had had you not gone through that, even if it's a shitty experience. Yeah. But what really makes or breaks it is if you realize, like you did with your earlier with your relationship there in your early twenties, that is this good for me or bad for me, and wh- what direction should I go? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have a hard time recognizing that and doing the right thing. Or honestly, the right I choice. just visualized that like I was stuck. It was a fork in the road. Yeah, 
And it's like, how do I want to see my life at 50 or 60 years old? Yeah. How do I want to see my life? And I was in that fork and I was like, okay, if I go down this path, it, I don't see it turning out very well. Yeah. If I go down this path, it's unknown, but at least I can do it my way and I will be happy. It'd be more satisfying. Yeah. So I went yeah. the other way. Yeah, and and I, I still get criticized for it. It's like my, from my parents, like, or yeah. like from other people, Oh, you're how old? You don't have kids. No, no. But that's such a, that's such a shitty thing to say to someone. You know what I mean? Like and again, and again, it's, it's insecurity in their own life. I feel like, you know, with their own stuff, yeah. what they've done. And just because they've done it that way and it's worked for them or maybe not worked maybe for them. Maybe not. And that's why they're criticizing me. Yeah. It's jealousy. Some people yeah. are just jealous or envious and it's very hard for them to mm-hmm. hide it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe that 100%. And I'm not saying it in a conceited no. or hot-headed way. It's just I'm, I went in a different direction than most people go. Yeah. Well, that's exactly, and that's exactly why you're here. Like... When you, I'm, I'm glad you contacted me to, to say you wanted to be on and, and discuss some stuff because you were actually, I have a list in my phone of all these people that I would like to have on. You mm-hmm. were definitely on that oh. list because of, of what you're doing, because of that you're a small business and you're working your ass off toward it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the kind of guests I'm looking for. People that are doing something different than the norm. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If you were a regular, if you were working a regular job, that would we, be boring. And we wouldn't have this conversation <laughs> and we wouldn't be here talking about this, right? Yeah. So it, I'm glad there's people out there doing stuff like that and I'm glad there's people that recognize that there are other paths to take. There is. And, and not a, it, having kids at a young age is not for everybody. And people not. are having kids into their 40s now. Women are having kids into their 40s. It's probably not a, like a super idea to, to wait that long, but no. you can do it. People are doing it. So exactly. if you want to change and you get the bug and you want to have children and... You can still do it. Lots when of that point comes, yeah. that's when I'll think about it. Yeah. It, I'm not there yet. That's right. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it right. doesn't. I know when that point will come. Mm-hmm. And this is no disrespect or anything, but if gay couples mm-hmm. or lesbian couples are able to have children, mm-hmm. I can have children. Absolutely. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. There's, there's options. There are. And it's not like back in the day where you didn't have these options. So you had to do it by a certain time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before your time ran out. But now that there's options, there's science behind Mm -hmm. it and there's adoption. There's many options. So I'm not worried. So when that time comes, it will happen. You ever think about weird things like freezing your eggs? You know, I was hearing about that. I never looked into the price. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. I don't know. I was thinking about doing it. You probably you could probably get it done for well under five grand. Oh, but see, I don't want to spend that. It sounds like <laughs> a lot, but when you th- consider what the kind of time it can buy yeah. you, it's not a lot of money. That's true, but if you do the egg, and yeah. let's say I get to an age where I won't be able to carry it, yeah, I'd have to get a surrogate. Oh, you will. You can you can carry like there's people that are having surrogate kit, not surrogate kids, but um, in in like in vitro, vitro kids. Yeah, no, I don't. In their fifties, and you can carry it's the baby. Just, but it's the pain. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to go through that experience. Eh? No. Yeah, I don't blame I you. I know man. some I, people forget about the experience, but I feel like it would be traumatizing leading up. I think it would be tra- traumatizing during for both partners, even though like the guy doesn't have to go through any kind of physical pain. Like I can't. I hate seeing people in pain. I can't even watch um, 
people fake birth on like TV shows and movies. It just it, <laughs> it gives me the absolute creeps. I'm just like I can't no, watch that. This. Actually, just disgusts me. The, <laughs> it's the pain. It's the pain. That's ah, sorry. That's me. Oh. That was a pop. My my mic is like super hot, even though it's not hot. I don't know why. Every once in a while, I get a weird pop, but um, I don't. Uh, I like I said, I can't see people in pain. It just it turns my stomach to see a, a person lying there, and there's n- nothing you can do for them. Yeah, and it's like oh god, I can't go through that. You know what I mean? See, that's the way I feel about animals. Me too. I'm the same way. That really like that's why yeah. I'm like seeing suffering animals. I can't handle it. It drives me crazy. And that's mm-hmm. why I like or love animals so much more than people. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a a trend that a lot of people are going towards these days. Is it a trend? Yeah, because <laughs> I think people like the people in their circle in their smaller circle right they're yeah. they're they're little communities of their friends and family but outside of that people are so sick of strangers I hate but, strangers. like i cannot like i was out tonight running around before you showed up and i'm in the liquor store and i'm in the the pharmacy for a second and it's just there's just people everywhere <laughs> and they don't know what they want they're standing i, I even grabbed i stopped in like uh, a subway to grab a sub and i'm like like they don't know what they want. They're standing. I'm like, is this your first time in a <laughs> sub shop? Like, this is a sandwich. This isn't a life decision. What yeah. do you want on your sandwich? And they've got all this time. There's five people in front of them. There's a line about the door. And finally, they get up to the counter and they're going, um, uh, and it's like, didn't you, you had, think about yeah, this before? You had all this time. What are you doing? Imagine right? their life. See, oh. I when I worked retail, I worked Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah kids department oh my god like people you saw it's like (laughs) i don't understand why this is such a hard life decision to buy this ten dollar shirt and it's on sale like you're not buying a car i know just buy it if you don't like it give it to salvation army like give it to someone else that needs it yeah you don't need to keep it i know It, it and that's that's what i mean like you go in these places and I always go in with a purpose anywhere I'm going. I usually know what I want before I go Me in. Me too. And so my shopping experience is very straightforward and simple. But you see these people, it's like they're they're wandering around, they're browsing. It's like, man, what are you browsing around at a Walmart? <laughs> like how like how how good are these products that you need to spend an hour like pushing a cart at a snail's pace down each aisle and you're just trying to get by like you're trying to get by them and they're it just drives me bananas. See, and that's know? where I do my supply shopping is Walmart and no frills. Yeah. Oh my god, and it's just so annoying because mm-hmm. I I know what I need. Yep. Because I need it, mm-hmm. and I know what I need. I have a list. And I go in there and I go bam, 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 buy and done. Yeah. But then these people walk so slow. Mm-hmm. It's like, but why? And and forget that part of it. They are so rude. Like I find people. There's no um these days. There's no courtesy anymore. Like no. Everybody is. They're so oblivious to anybody else. Like when you're when you're a courteous person, I like to think of myself as a courteous person. You're always wondering, shit, am I in this person's way? Let me yeah. move out of the way. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. But there's people that will just bump into you. They'll push their... Like, I've had people push their cart into the back of my legs while I'm standing in line. Just say, excuse me. Or they don't even realize they're doing oh, it because they're the so worst. they're so inconsiderate of the space around them and who's around them. Because their bubble is very yeah. small. Yeah, and they're, they're looking at some shit or they're looking in their cart or they're looking at their phone and their cart is boom, bumping me in the back. And it's like... Woodbridge, Walmarts oh. are bad for that. I can imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. And, and no offense to Toronto, but like I, when I go there, like I, there's a lot of good people, but there's a lot of bad ones too. Yeah. You know, and it's starting to migrate this way as people move, start to move out of the GTA into the, I guess now we're, we're starting to be considered down here part of the GTA. Um, really? Used, yeah. I used to just kind of go to Milton, 
but now I feel like it's uh, Cambridge Kitchener Waterloo is starting to. I feel like that should be called something else though, because yeah. Greater Toronto Area, Greater Toronto, it means that yeah, it's, it's above around Toronto. Yeah. Cambridge is to the left. It should be Big time. beside Toronto area. Yeah, and <laughs> believe me, I'm not happy about it being lumped into that, but somebody told me that eventually towns like Milton, places that yeah. are kind of on the outskirts, can still consider like I know people that still consider Milton Toronto. It's not. It's not no. even it's not you're not even to Mississauga Mis- yet. Yeah, Mississauga I find is more that's like a start. Toronto. Yeah, that's the and start. then I feel like Milton is beside yeah. Mississauga. Yeah. And then I feel like Mississauga is part of Toronto because yeah. it's basically the same population. You see it. You see it in the property values, though. Yeah. And that's what's that's what's happening. Like as people from Toronto start to migrate out further out of those areas to find houses that are um, in a more affordable price range mm-hmm. for them, that's how the it starts to grow. And then all this empty space in between starts to get filled. Yeah. Like people are starting to build. Like Guelph has got a whole like a bunch of new subdivisions. Cambridge is never stopping like they're, yep. they're always finding places to stick houses milton the the house prices prices are insane in milton they're getting very they're high. toronto prices yeah they're mississauga toronto prices and so you start to see that's why the people start to consider it like more of the big city mm-hmm. and as all the you know that urban sprawl as all that space in between starts to fill up it starts to feel like all one big yep. area you know, and really, we're not that far. Like Cambridge is only an hour and ten from Toronto to the heart of Toronto yeah. on a good day, and so when you consider how close that is, that's not very far. And like it takes you a half hour to get out of Toronto, anyways. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It, it's it, on a like I I left. I was just down at um, the Bovine Sex Club to see my friend's band play. Not that long ago, maybe it was in January, and we left there at. Just after midnight, mm-hmm. there was no traffic. We made it from the Bovine Sex Club back to Cambridge in like 45 minutes. Yeah. That's all it should take. But the problem is there's so many people. And so if you go there's at the wrong so time, people. it just, oh, God, does it ever annoy me getting into that, that city. See, and that's like finding our condo mm-hmm. at the location where it is, where it's still in Toronto. Yeah. But it's more of the outskirts yeah. of Toronto. Yeah, I liked where you guys were, to be honest with you. Yeah. It was great. I did a lot of research mm-hmm. before finding this place i just looked and looked and looked and looked yeah and i knew i wanted to be close to some things like the go train or the ttc mm-hmm. but the prices were just ridiculous downtown that i'm like okay let me go just a little bit couple more streets up let me check it out yeah no still the same price couple streets up mm-hmm. still the same price until i find yeah. our place mm-hmm. and it was just a little gem in a stack of awful hay yeah government buildings (laughs) (laughs) it was was a great location though like you were so close to everything you know but it i remember the first time i was there sorry that's the automatic cat feeders (laughs) 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 it's already nine o'clock so that's our cats are gonna be coming down to be fed in a minute um but yeah like i remember when i first came there i'm like this does not feel like toronto at all it felt more to me like a neighborhood in kitchener Mm -hmm. um because Cambridge used to be like the small, you know, quote unquote, smaller town, uh, Kitchener, Cambridge, Waterloo, uh, Kitchener and, Wa- and Waterloo felt like small, big cities. Yeah. And so when I came to your condo, I was like this, it really felt like I was just in downtown Kitchener, like yeah. just around the corner from like the mall on fairway or whatever. That's the kind of what it reminded me of. 
And I was like, if I was going to live in Toronto, it would have to be here, not downtown. I don't think I could handle it, no. like living that hustle bustle. Like you step out of your apartment and you're in the in the hustle yeah, and bustle. Yeah, Once I left much. the ACC, I'm like, I need to get out of here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Because that's the only reason why it was convenient, like yeah. living downtown and then taking the subway to yeah. the ACC, because it's one, like at the end of the mm-hmm. line almost. Yeah. Union Station, and then boom, I'm at work. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Did uh, did you guys have shifts? Speaking of going back to the ACC, did you guys have shifts while there was like ga- like events going on, like games and stuff? Yeah. So if we had a game, let's say on a Monday, mm. a Leaf game, mm. we would have to come in on the Sunday to do the prep work. Yeah. For the Monday, and then Monday we finish it off. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if we would have to bake a brownie, like five trays of brownie, the day before yeah so then it would last us a few days afterwards so it can right, last right. us a few more games sure because we used it for the meat i don't know if i mentioned that we did catering for the media as well yeah 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 so we did that so we had to make sure we had enough sure so we would see what our orders were for the whole week and then prepare f- as much as we could on our prep days so we have prep days and then we have game days mm-hmm. prep days are different depending on the department us because we're a pastry, it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. We were able to come in earlier and right. then leave earlier. Right. Well, not too early, but no, still but have a... You could do it ahead of time. Like you could bake it and prep it ahead oh of time. Yeah. Whereas people that want like hot food, it has to be made like right then, right? Well, no, they could still do their prep because if, let's say, part of the menu was broccoli and cauliflower, mm. their prep day would be cutting that all up yeah, and I sizing yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. like blanching it. Right, right, and right. And then that next day when you would actually serve it, you would just warm it up. Right. So that's what a prep day essentially means gotcha. is you prepare all the things you need for that day. Yeah. So I would prepare a brown five trays of brownies and then I would prepare the ganache mm. for the brownies and then day of game day, I would put the ganache on the brownies. Right. Cut it and serve it. Yeah, so it's like the topping is fresh, but the actual baked part is ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So then you're not waiting for it to cool and you're not waiting. All the things that need to be waited to cool needs to be prepared the day before. Right. Anything that needs to be set needs to be prepared the day before. Yeah. See, that's the kind of stuff. Those those are the details that that's why I don't like do things like baking and cook because I have a hard time organizing all those details yeah but then what about your steaks don't you marinate them somehow uh steaks i typically don't marinate okay so if i get like a unless it's like um a lower quality cut but usually if i can get a decent cut um i won't i'll just let it come to room temperature and then just salt and pepper or sometimes some steak spice and then it goes around the grill but yeah i have done the marinade before but uh, oftentimes it takes uh, a lot of forethought for me to even remember to do that. Like I have to really plan it and make yeah. the marinade ahead of time and, and then know that the day of when I go to work to make sure that it goes into the yeah. marinade in the fridge. And so oftentimes I don't simply because of of the fact that I forget to do it. You know what I mean? And that's why I kind of got into the habit of just salt, pepper on the grill. So it was multitasking. Yeah. That's oh, essentially sure. what it is. Yeah. You're just multitasking your time. Yeah. And your duties of what you need to do. My wife will tell you I'm a terrible multitasker. I don't think I am, but I think if for certain tasks, yeah. I'm definitely like a terrible multitasker, like with cooking for sure. I do multitasking always, like yeah. in my everyday life yeah. when I do chores, I'm like, okay, what can I, so yeah. when I yeah. bake, so first thing I do when I get to my grandparents' place is 
what do I need to do? So yeah. I write my list of the things that I need to make. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what order I put it in. I just need to do these tasks. Yeah. Then I look through the list and I say, okay, cheesecake needs to be done 24 hours ahead of time so it could set and I could cut it without it breaking apart. 24 hours for cheesecake? I didn't know yeah. that either. You have to let it set for 24 hmm. hours. Like in I, the fridge or whatever? In or? the fridge, yeah. I pop it in the freezer just to like get mm-hmm, that extra mm-hmm. <laughs> See, that's all, stiffness. Again, that's all stuff I didn't know. I didn't know you had to wait 24 hours. That's a long time. Yeah, it's a custard egg. Mm-hmm. Not really egg, but it's like a base that you need to cook it slow and yeah. steady. Slow and steady wins the race when it comes to baking. You got to mm-hmm. take your time. Well, I'm learning that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And again, I don't like stuff that takes long. I like instant. You know what I mean? Instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get that. And yeah. I guess, yeah. I it's patience. Like I don't, uh, that's what I mean. I don't have the patience for baking. If I did, I... I'd probably be 300 pounds if I had patience to bake and make delicious stuff like that because I would just make it and eat it all. Yeah, but you would get so sick. <laughs> I think I would get sick. Maybe more sick than I already am. <laughs> I've done that. I've gotten really sick. From like eating your, your yeah. own stuff? Because I eat too much. Not to. How could you not? Like when it's like those little mini donuts you brought tonight, are, they look so good. It's like I, I, Allison's going to have to eat those because if I get my hands on them i'll probably eat all like all of them that are in the package it's very hard it's very <laughs> I hard i have a problem with uh self-control with things that i really like especially sweets honestly i learned how to use my sense of smell yeah to tell how it tastes so i don't have to eat it right right yeah and you really can eh? like you can really yeah. smell something and know how it's going to taste yeah it's amazing how connected like your yeah. your sense of smell and taste are so then I can like smell something and I'd be like, okay, this is a little bit overcooked. Right. I could just tell how it should smell when it's supposed to be done and when it's how it's supposed to taste. That's wild, man. And then when I do eat something, I don't stop. So I need yeah. to. S- yeah. That's why I just smell things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, and that's probably like a, a testament to your experience too, is that you can smell something and know because I couldn't, I'd smell it and just smells sweet smells good but you you've got that experience now that you could figure it out right Mm -hmm. just by smelling it so that's that's awesome what about um uh i know you we were talking about before about retirement Mm -hmm. things things like that you mentioned traveling yeah so i know you do you have another account that's about traveling right well that's more of a personal account that's like your like sort of your log of where you've been Yeah, yeah what i've eaten and yeah Because I didn't want to mix the two. Yeah. Originally, I did. And I wasn't getting the right sort of feedback, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. guess, that I wanted. The right... It wasn't turning out the way that I intended it to be. So I decided to split the two. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that to be more of a personal account where I, like, post pictures of Sheldon. Mm -hmm. Where I post of food that I eat. Sheldon is Erica's and Matt's dog, by the way. Yes. Not a human. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I didn't want to conflict the two together. I wanted to keep it separated because it's two separate things. It's It's a good way to go. Yeah. It's one thing. It's its own identity. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. then my personal account is my own thing. Right. So I keep the two separated. It's like two different lives that Mm -hmm. I lead, but it's the same. (laughs) No. And that's, I think that's an excellent way to do it because you know, you, you really don't want your personal stuff bleeding into your business because your clients are your clients yeah. and your friends are your friends, right? Exactly. And there's stuff you might want to share with your friends that you don't want to share with your clients, yeah. right? So 
Um, I totally get that. I won't. Uh, I won't spill the beans on what your personal account. No, is. that's fine. <laughs> it, it's nothing. I yeah. I love traveling. I travel to eat. Yeah. Uh, I love eating. I love exploring my taste buds. If you know how your tongue works, works, you know what certain parts of your taste buds work a certain way. Right. You find joy in spices and playing around with your flavors and mm. having fun mm-hmm. with what you eat. So it's a matter of when you eat something, you want it to hit all those different parts mm-hmm. of your tongue and right. you'll have a great experience when you eat that item. Yeah. So that's the way I like to eat. Yeah. It's like a very like broad palate or whatever, right? You can get a bunch of different stuff all at once. Yeah. And it's a, the way that it hits your tongue. Mm-hmm. So you first start with the front, which I'm not sure what it does the front. I get confused with the front, the salty part and the... Me too. I know that one does salty and one does sweet, but I, I think never the front is. is sweet and I think the back is salty and sour because mm. that's when you start to salivate is when you think of something sour, mm-hmm. it's in the back. And I think salt is the same because hmm. it's salty and even hot too is back yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you put something sour and something hot, it amplifies the intensity of the hotness. Mm-hmm. So you always want to com- mix the sp- acid with the spice. Yeah. To make it more intense. Hmm. Yeah. And that's, again, that's all like that culinary stuff that I don't know. And most people don't, right? No. Like unless you've gone to some kind of like school or. I learned that in the restaurant though. Did you? From other cooks. Right. Yeah. And the that's, it, again, it's amazing how much you can pick up from just talking to people, right? Yeah. Because I like, there's, there's people you watch like on TV and they've got like, like these cooking shows and they've got like. I don't know, six ingredients in front of them. And they, by the time it's done, it's like, it looks like this beautiful meal. And it's like, you had six things in front of you. How did you make that? But yeah. it's all, it's having that knowledge, right? That most yeah. people don't have. Well, I worked with a girl at the ACC. She was on Chopped Canada and she won. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So that's cool. That's a great experience to have to work with people on that level. Yeah. yeah. Cause that is a, that is high intensity. Like, it is. Those shows are not easy. Like I watch them. I'm like, I, there's no way I can no. do that. It's the adrenaline, but you also get very addicted to the adrenaline. Yeah. When I worked in the restaurant on the line, I worked on the line with all guys. Mm-hmm. So it was just me and a whole bunch of guys and it's very intense. Mm-hmm. And I the last thing you want is to have these guys feel sorry for you. So yeah. you have to step up your game. Yeah. You want to pull your weight, right? You yeah. want to feel like you're doing your part. Exactly. Cause you don't want them to pity you. Sure. So you got to make sure you hustle. You got to make sure you work fast. And you got to make sure you know how to multitask mm-hmm. and then you can get your stuff. You also done. don't want to be the weakest link either. Yeah. Not, not just necessarily for their pity, just because you don't, do not want to be the least. And you see that on those shows. Yeah. The person that's the weakest one always takes the most shit because yeah. they're not pulling their weight and yeah. everyone else is angry because things are not working the way they should. Or. And I didn't want it to be because I was a girl that that's why that was happening. Sure. So I yeah, had I to see that too. step it up mm-hmm. twice as much. Yeah. To the point where I move up from one lower section of the line to a higher section Mm -hmm. of the line where it's more intensity and it's so much fun when you like have this intense adrenaline you're like ooh, this is fun there's nothing worse than hitting that phase of anything where you feel like you've plateaued and you're just like that's it and then like you want to move on to something more difficult or the next phase because you just get in a rut and bored right it was great, it was especially when I was starting out in the restaurant industry. Yeah. So feeling that 
hustle and bustle in such a short period of time. It's like one night I had 15 pizzas in the oven Mm -hmm. and I was able to keep track of every single pizza that I made and they're all different. Especially with pizza because it can go south really fast if you're not careful. Very fast. Believe me. Anyone that I worked with could tell you that because I would be in the back chit-chatting, shooting the shit and then you see me just (laughs) bolting to the oven and they're like, I gotta go. Yeah. And they're like, let me guess, you have a pizza in the oven? I'm like, yes, I do. Oh my God, I hope it's not burnt. And and you can, like pizza can be ruined if it's even just a little bit too too overdone. Yeah. Like a little bit burnt can screw up the whole pizza. And my I remember when we were kids, my dad used to always ask for extra well done pizza and we hated it because the bottom was black. Yeah. They left it in there because they knew that, that he wanted the top to be so cooked and so I don't know, crispy or whatever, like whatever the, the desired effect he was after. But it ruins the crust because it gets yeah. too, it's too too dark and too cri- too like hard and crispy. It's Unless like, it's like baked on a stone because you get the flavor of the stone. Yeah, I suppose. I've noticed that yeah with my pizza mm-hmm. making skills yeah I just again like I it's such a difficult thing I don't think I would ever even attempt it like pizza at home like not at home like if I had somewhere uh you know if I worked somewhere I'm sure I could figure it out like if I worked mm-hmm. in a restaurant but to do it like I know people that make pizza at home and it's great you know I we've been over to, we've been to pe- people's places and they've made pizza for dinner and it's great and it it doesn't look obviously doesn't look like traditional pizza when you make it at home yep. it's this weird oblong shape and it shrinks down on one side more than the other and, see and you know. that's the thing we had to do we had to shape the pie mm-hmm. on the spot yeah. it was already weighed out mm-hmm. and everything but we had to size it to the right size right and get that circle to be yeah. the right thing yeah i got it it's difficult <laughs> but uh, again like i'm sure if, if it's something you do all the time it becomes like second nature yeah it becomes muscle yeah. memory it yeah to the point where you can eat But it. you have to jump in. It's like with anything else. You can't, you know what I mean? You can't just, like, we're talking about making pizza at home. You got to try it at some point. If you if you like mm-hmm. pizza and you want to try and make your own, you have to try it. But, like, I, again, it's resistance. I'm like, oh, I'd love to make pizza at home. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I, think <laughs> I don't think I'd get way. it right. I don't think I'd get it right. And it would just frustrate me because then you'd have all this crap just wasted. Yeah. All these ingredients wasted, right? So it'd be I almost nice to have somebody at your house yeah that's called a private chef well to show you the first time i mean to show you the first time oh okay like teach you a private lesson that's yeah i would love it maybe that's what i should do i should i should start looking for private private lessons for cooking maybe i'll start teaching them (laughs) you should i know how to make pizza pizza dough that could be an awesome uh sort of side to your business teaching people how to bake their own stuff now what does that do for your (laughs) your customer base in the long run if you're teaching them yeah i love teaching people or explaining to people mm-hmm. how baking works because people are always like, oh, it's so hard. It's a chemistry. It's like, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's like cooking. It's just mm-hmm. it doesn't happen too often yeah. that people don't understand how to play around with the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And that's all it is. Yeah. You know how to play around with your spices when you season your steak because you do it all the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. If you do the same recipe all the time, you're going to know how to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because so, like second nature. Exactly. So it's just about practice. Mm-hmm. And so anybody can do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And anybody can learn the little tricks of taking the cookies out just in time. So then they can finish cooking on the tray. Yeah. But then I give away my secrets. Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Eh? It's like a double-edged sword. It's like teaching is great, but if it's going to cut into your profits in the long run, yeah, it's not th- worth it. That's the kind of struggle <laughs> I'm at right now. Because it's like I love explaining to people yeah. how it works. And it could be good short-term revenue, but it could mess up your long, you know, like your I just have to know run. if the, that person, what their intentions are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they just want to learn to just bake 
you know, some easy stuff for themselves. That's one thing. Yeah. If they're looking to be, do what you're doing, like, then that no. could be a little <laughs> even too intense to teach them because it'd be, you'd be sharing a lot of information. A lot. Yeah. A lot of information that I've mm-hmm. learned throughout many years of yeah. marketing, business, mm-hmm. retail. Yeah. This, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So what's the, uh, what's the plan? I know you guys are renting out your condo right yeah. now. What's the plan for, uh, let me put it this way. When are you moving to Cambridge? <laughs> I get asked this all the time. <laughs> Matt's parents are here. I know your parents are obviously in Toronto. Yeah. Your family's in Toronto. His family's here. Do you guys have any plans to move even anywhere maybe in between or? Because so we miss you. The reason I'm saying this because <laughs> I miss Matt being around all, all the time. Well, and he always you. was well, <laughs> and yourself. I mean, I, obviously, like I've known you a lot less time than Matt, yes, clearly. But I would love it if you guys were here because then you could be around all the time. I agree. And I was even thinking of that on the drive here. I'm like, okay, but now I have to drive back. Yep. I could have just stayed at our place. Mm-hmm. I have a plan. Yeah. I always have a plan. Yeah. I have a long term. I have a short term plan. Mm. My idea is. To have the my idea from the beginning to have a a place where I could rent it out. That's done. Mm -hmm. My next step is to find a place for a house Mm -hmm. that we can rent out the basement or we can live in the basement, rent out the top. Yep. Yep. That's a good. That's a great plan. That's the plan. So at that point, when we then are able to. I wanted, and I even mentioned it to Matt, Mm -hmm. I wanted to get something in Cambridge where we can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Rent out the upstairs and we can live in the basement, but we can live there part time. Sure. So whenever we're in town, we can stay longer or whatever the case may be. Right. But that other house that we want to get would need to be in between. It needs to be a fair in between 50-50 distance. Yeah, yeah. Because then... If there is a little bit further on his side or a little bit further on my side, there's resentment. Mm-hmm. Resentment is also yeah, but I th- I feel like <clears throat> I feel like Matt likes the Toronto life better than he likes the he Cambridge does. life. I think he when he went to to Toronto, he was kind of getting away from a lot of stuff here that was nice for him to get away from. That it was probably good for him to get away from. But I don't think there's anything to get away from anymore. Yeah, maybe not. Where but like. He can, I feel like he also wants to sort of move yeah. back closer. Yeah. And he's, and he's been, um, I mean, he's, he's definitely a lot older now than he was when he moved to Toronto. So I yeah. think he's probably done a lot of growing up, but I think at the time he was maybe looking to get away from some memories that were here and some, yeah. some old situations. So I think maybe, maybe he might be ready to come back, but I also feel like Matt just likes being down there. But the nice thing about his job too, is he can teach, like he works for Long McQuaid, yeah. so he can teach at any Long McQuaid. Yeah, and it's the same like with me. I can teach at any, I, not teach, I can bake Baking at any yeah. bakery. Yeah. It's essentially all the same. The it's only just thing is, if you're, a lot of your client is in like GTA, you're yeah. going to have to either that's, ship or go down there all yeah. the time, right? Which is and, a pain too. And that's where majority of my yeah. customers are. Mm-hmm. And like I said, a good, happy medium. Mm-hmm. That way there's no resentment on either end. Right. And it's not even an option of resentment. Right. My sister lives in Pickering. My parents want to move to Pickering. Mm-hmm. So we need to find an in-between uh, Pickering and... Yeah, Pickering's a bit of a hike too, isn't it? Yeah. From here. Yeah. It would be... Because you're on like the other side of Toronto now, right? Like you're going through the heart to get to Pickering, right? Yeah, or it would be past Scarborough. Holy crap, yeah. Yeah, you're getting out there. 
Yeah, so it would have to be a good in-between because it's not fair for him. It's not fair for me. We both have You've nieces got family and places, nephews yeah. and, you know, it's unfair for him to not see his family as much as yeah. me or mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it, there has to be a good in-between. Yeah. The nice thing is because Matt's got so much, so much so many friends here too it makes him want it's not just his family right yeah. it's like he's got a lot of friends he comes back he's playing shows with you know with rob when they're doing the cover yeah. stuff so to get uh for him to get back here is not a huge deal he looked kind of like it's only an hour and a bit away and he can get down here and it gives him some incentive to come down and then yeah. he can see his family at the same time and stay overnight right got always got a place to stay so in that but regard it's good and i do see him still quite a bit i just you know, see him as he, much yeah, if he was closer, I think I'd see him more, right? Even but, me living with him, I don't see him as much. Well, you guys are <laughs> you guys are essentially like on two different schedules, right? We are, yeah. Because he doesn't, like, what time of day does he start work? Not till like, later in the morning, right? Yeah, he starts around, or like... even afternoon, maybe. Four, five, depends on the day, but oh, the earliest... Late, eh? Yeah, the earliest is probably three. And then teaches right till, like, the evening, like, till, like, nine or ten at night? Mm, until nine. Yeah. Nine is the last. Yeah student but then he won't get home until 9 15 or 9 30 and then yeah, if he yeah. goes to the gym then he won't get home until 10 30 right and because i start at seven you're probably already getting ready for bed or in bed by the time yeah exactly home. Yeah. so it's sort of like a quick hi how's it going oh okay i'm going to bed yeah i know that makes it that makes it really difficult when you've got opposite schedules yeah like being on night shift right now i'm trying to like make it when we have made it work but it is difficult because you're trying to find that quality time to spend in between but at the same time everyone's got stuff going yeah. on you know and he's very busy and yeah i'm very yeah. busy so yeah. it also makes it harder well it's more less time but yeah we both like our own personal time so it works yeah, out me too i'm the same way but don't you, like also don't you feel like <clears throat> if you spend too much time with someone even the person that you, you love get annoyed it, yeah you just, <laughs> it, like every little thing about them because there's no surprises anymore there's yeah. no, nothing to talk about even it's like holy crap it's like we need some time apart <laughs> not, yeah not like serious time apart no, just no, no. you know time to yourself Part time yeah time yeah. apart so shift work sometimes or being on opposite shifts can it's a pain but at the same time when you do finally like find that time to be back together it feels really good it does know? and it feels more like quality time yeah exactly yeah. we don't eat dinner every day together no but be impossible well, exactly and when we do do it on like a friday night because sometimes he finishes mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like a saturday or sunday it feels more like a date yeah than just us sitting down eating dinner as yeah. a routine yeah routine routine is the killer of all yeah. fun <laughs> exactly <laughs> including in your relationships so us just finding the time, I think, helps. And then he's very encouraging when I'm very busy because then he'll take care of Sheldon for yeah. my time that I'm supposed to be taking care of him. And Yeah, but that's given. That's part of your life. Yeah, right? That's exactly. part of your daily life. Like the dog is, it's everybody's responsibility yeah. kind of thing. It's not just mine. I'm, it, it's just he it's not that he complains about it. So yeah. it makes it a lot easier for me to be able to do my own thing. Right. Is what I'm saying. Speaking, getting back to your own thing, what have you got on the horizon? Do you have any pop-ups coming up anytime soon that people should be aware of if they're listening to this and they don't know? I do. I have one on the 28th of March. I won't be there, mm-hmm. but my partner, um, she does pretty girl events. Mm-hmm. And that's her business. Yeah, I've seen her on there too. Yeah. So she does her, uh, dessert stands as well but she does more of like the decor of it mm. so it 
works great because she has all the props already set up and uh, I do the dessert. So mm-hmm. it goes hand in hand and I can't do everything myself anyway. No, so way too hard. Yeah. Too much time. And it's nice to have a partner that can share that load a bit, right? Yeah, exactly. Especially so, on the planning side. Like if you're baking and planning, like, holy crap, that's a lot. Right? Yeah. So our conversations are ongoing because she sends me pictures. It's like, what about this? And I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, fix this and blah, blah, blah. And I'll do the same vice versa. I'll send her pictures. I'll say, what about this? Do you like it? She'll be like, oh, fix this. And so we bounce ideas off of each other, which is great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I have my friend Brittany. She helps me with my setups as well because she's really good at like seeing the decor of how to set it up with the colors and everything. So she helps me with that. My traveling buddy. Yeah. Is that's uh, Yeah. What's her name? Brittany? Yeah. Is that I met her at, at Matt's dad's funeral, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the first time I met her. Perhaps. I, I yeah. It, it must be Brittany. Yeah. Yeah, All it is. Blonde, yeah. Yeah, she drives the the rover. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. Good. <laughs> I know who you're talking about now. I know exactly. What I was racking my brain. I'm like, I'm like thinking, am I thinking the right person? But yeah, I yeah. It was. No, that's good. So she helps you out as well. As yeah. So yeah. she helps me with my administrative work. So oh, if good. I need something written out, like a policy or something, I'm not good at mm. wording mm-hmm. things properly. Yeah, so not everybody's good at everything. Yeah. So I get, I ask her, I don't get her, but I yeah, ask yeah. her if, if she has time to just sort of, these are the points I want to get across. Can you just sort mm-hmm. of form it, format it properly for me? So mm-hmm. like a post and it could sound yeah. more professional. Mm-hmm. So she does that for me and it's great. So if people want to get a hold of you to order stuff, it's all done through Instagram, right? So through Dolce Delicious on Instagram? Yeah. Okay. Or my uh, email at dolcelicious.byerica at gmail.com. It's kind of long, but... Oh. It's, it is what it is, though. It's easy yeah. to remember. It's it's all the stuff that is right in the name of the business, so it shouldn't be too hard to find. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to talk about, uh, about the business, surrounding the business at all? Um, I don't want to cut you off too early. We're just, we're approaching two hours I here. I know. An, it an doesn't seem that long. And yeah. I feel like I could talk I way try, more. I try to keep <laughs> it to two hours. And we could talk, we could easily talk for another two hours about all kinds of different things. Yeah. Um, which is why I, which is why I love doing this because it gives me a chance to um, interact with people that I, one on one that I normally would only see in like a group situation. Yeah. So it really allows me to focus in and ask questions and get to know the person a little bit better. And that's kind of why I started. Like, I'm not hoping this thing ever become. I mean, there's nine. I think they said there's something like between seven, seven and nine hundred thousand podcasts out there now on like iTunes. And that's a lot. And so am I assuming this will ever become anything big? No. Um, But But I like doing it for this. You know, it's again, we're talking about it's a hobby and I get to interact with people that I don't normally get to interact with and get to ask them fun yeah. stuff and talk about their life so i'm happy we got to do it i want to suggest a book to you yeah uh mm, i found so my dad and i were really into real estate investing mm-hmm. we do like seminars together oh, about okay. how to invest in real estate wow you really are into it huh? yeah is <laughs> <laughs> i've done my research yeah. i'm it's i'm not i you know i just have the my yeah. toes dipped in it but you know, it's a slow work in progress. Once there's a ball rolling, then it would it would be better. Yeah. But it's a work in progress at this point. We're still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at a seminar and it's all about like minded people getting together with the same aspirations and goals in mind with mm-hmm. the same end results. Mm-hmm. So 
with that like mindedness, it really got me into this sort of happy cult mm. culture that I yeah. really enjoyed. Good. And they they suggested a book called The Happiness Advantage. The Happiness Advantage. Yes. I highly, highly, highly recommended it. Recommend it. It has honestly changed the way that I think and essentially changed my life for the better and it'll only get better. I know that Mm -hmm. because I changed the way that I think and having this is just a book about like a general mindset. It's not about anything specific, like any kind of specific business. No, it's just the way you think of things and how to notice the things that you think of and how to change that thought process because the way you think is a nature. It's a, habit thing the way you think oh absolutely a negative thought is usually maybe by your parents or Mm -hmm. someone else that instilled this in your mind and it has become a habit of Mm -hmm. the way that you think oh yeah totally so if you see that for sure so if you change your habit you change the way that you think you change your outlook on life and you change the way you perceive things Hmm. and your perspective on your life like my perspective on the way that I go to work to at a factory mm-hmm. is this is not the end. Mm-hmm. It's a stepping stone. And that's the way yeah. I go through my jobs. I really get locked. Uh, and that is something that probably could benefit me a lot because I really get locked in, um, in that negative thought, uh, like rut. You yeah. know what I mean? I, and I think, Oh God, it's like, what can I, I can't do anything to change this. I'm stuck here. Like, you know what I mean? I just, and it just like, this becomes like a spiral sometimes, right? Oh, I feel it too. Yeah. And then other times I have to remind myself, like, this is a good thing for you. You know, it's whatever. And and it helps, but it's being a positive person is not something that comes easy. No, it's definitely, you have to train your mind for that. You have to train your mind to steer in a different direction because you're constantly taught Mm -hmm. through social media through the news i don't oh, watch yeah. the news neither do i i try not to because of that because it makes you a negative thinker it does it only they, shows you the worst part exactly of, yeah. they're like negative 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 yep. oh positive negative Very negative negative though, yeah. why not show majority of the positive in order for people to do better because it doesn't sell it doesn't make people tune exactly in. you know what i mean like they there's that old saying like it's terrible but it's a it's a journalistic um I don't know if it was a quote or just like something that somebody came up with at some point, but they say if it, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. If it's a te- something terrible, you want to put it right at the front because it makes people tune in and want to, but what a terrible way to like to, you to know live I mean? life. Yeah. But it, it's human nature that you, it's like, it's like watching a car, like looking at a car crash. Exactly. You want to look away at the same time. It's horrifying, but that's what the new, the news knows that. And they just, so you have to in. change your perspective. Definitely. And that's what I've also learned when, so with my anger that, Matt also said, like, yeah. I never thought it was a huge issue, but I noticed, like, he noticed that I needed to talk to someone. Yeah. Went to anger management. I talked to someone about it. And it's just a matter of knowing your triggers and knowing when to start breathing and mm-hmm. getting out of that mind rut. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned to breathe. I learned to listen to my breathing. It's a great way of meditation. I try and meditate, but there's a lot going on in my head. Mm-hmm. So I try and try and try. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be difficult for me too. I don't know if I could get into that. I've, I've thought about trying it. Like I've thought about, you know, what what kind of meditate, but 
I don't know if it's for me. I don't think I could sit still long enough, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I find a lot of meditation happens for me when I'm decorating cakes at work. Yeah, yeah. I find that, I find peace in that stuff too. Um, yeah, the mundane gu- tasks. Yeah, or even just playing guitar, like something that I've yeah. played a million times. It just, it's just nice to zone out and do that thing. That's right? active meditation. Yeah. And then there's the like sit still staring at the wall meditation. That's not for I've me. I've tried that. Yeah. But I find that I can do great meditation in the tanning bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'd be a good <laughs> you place You just lay there and it's <laughs> yeah. like you're in this dome and you need to breathe. Otherwise, yeah. you can have a panic attack. Oh, just totally. like with the heat and... The yeah. weirdest thing ever was I had an, I've had had a couple of MRIs. And oh, a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, I don't like MRIs. The machine's really loud and it's kind of creepy. But for some reason, that like... Um, that being forced to stay still and being in that machine and just hearing that droning noise that it makes, there was something oddly relaxing about it like yeah. the last time i had my knee uh checked i like uh, basically fell asleep like i was i was just about to fall asleep when they came in it's like hey you're done it's like oh because it's just like and maybe meditation would work for me but i just i think i always think to myself i don't know if i could sit still long enough uh without somebody making me you know what i mean but when i'm forced to when i'm forced to s- like stay put and i find it very relaxing you got to sort of put yourself in those situations yeah. where no one can disturb you. You know, you got to tell your significant other, listen, I need this amount of time. Yeah. You give yourself 20 to 30 minutes, yeah. whether or not you actually meditate for 20 or 30 ni- minutes, but you try within that Just time. Just quiet time, right? Yeah. And I don't know, I, I need to, I try and do it as much as possible. Yeah. But... Well, listen, I think you are super interesting. I'm glad you came on. You've, uh... You know, I learned a lot of stuff about you today, which I didn't know, which is great. I love and that's that why you're, I wanted to do it. Yeah. And I love that you're like hustling your ass off with this business. I really Thank hope you. Uh, I wish you nothing but the most success. Thank I, you so I, much. I always pull for my friends that have that have these these things like I'm I'm not a jealous person when it comes to somebody else's success. No. I, I love seeing people I know yes. succeed. So I really wish you all. And the you best. learn from them, too. Oh, absolutely. There's absolutely. nothing to be jealous about. It's no, just no. everyone. Anyone could do it. It's just yeah. you have to put your mind to it yeah. and you have to be determined. Absolutely. So I, I try and do it. You so do I'm do trying. it. You are doing it. You're not trying. You're doing <laughs> it. I'm trying. <laughs> Thanks again so much for doing this. Thank I appreciate you. you coming down. Um, for anybody tuning into this, um, thank you again for listening. Please, uh, if if you like what you hear, uh, like, comment, share this. Um, tell your friends it can be downloaded right now from uh, iTunes and also from the Google Play Store. But I'm going to try and get it soon onto Spotify and some other places. Um, haven't quite figured that out yet. I'm learning as I go here. So if you like what you hear, uh, just share it around for me. Share it on Facebook. Tell your friends. And, I'm sharing. Uh, maybe we can, you will, I know you'll share. <laughs> you share everything. You're I great. Do. <laughs> but uh, it's the other people. It's the listeners. So if you, like I said, if you like it, it's it's a motion of your, of your finger or your thumb. So please help It'll me It'll happen really quick. It's a matter yeah. of clicking a button. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, thanks again, everybody. Uh, thank you, Erica, for being here. Thank you for um, having me. We'll have, uh, if you want, we can have another glass of wine. I can show you around. You've never been here before. So no, I haven't. show you around. And we yeah. can have a little chat and then uh, I'll get off to my show and you can get you onto your drive yeah. home, <laughs> your hour and a half drive home to It's Toronto. fine. I'll listen to a podcast Perfect. on my way home. Perfect. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. We'll see you Bye. next time. Bye.